0: What is now the largest church in America? Weekly sermon watched by more than 10
1: million viewers on television. The apostles were businessmen, they were rich men, had plenty of money. I'm going to show you that Jesus was a wealthy man, had plenty of money.
2: One of my chandeliers cost more than most people's house. I got 22 chandeliers
3: in the house. They're extremely green, they don't need matches, they don't need jets. God told me to have that.
4: Any religious leader who speaks the word of God. Who has more than one suit while someone has no clothes is a cop out.
5: Yeah, you know, what, Larry, I just don't see it that way. For $54
6: million, I want you to imagine how many people could be fed. Oh,
0: well, ha, ha, ha.
6: How many homeless could have places to sleep?
7: Ha! <laughs> the fresh, 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 fresh,
8: fresh! Are you with me? <laughs> Well, evangelism is still thriving in this country.
9: If
5: you were willing to pay the price, you could talk directly to God. Abs in a six pack. Abs in a six pack. Hello,
10: abs in a six pack.
11: Abs in a six pack is not the greatest podcast
4: in the world. I know abs in a six pack is a bad show, but what else do you have going on?
12: Time for church.
13: Play. are you ready? You
14: betty-bet-bet, and away we go. Ooh,
13: I feel extra righteous today.
14: And you look beautiful,
12: honey. Why, thank you. Don't mention it. Hmm. Uh, nothing like the feeling of
14: buying extra soul insurance. Soul insurance? That's right, kiddo. Going to church gives us that special little kick when it comes to being saved. And get on God's good side without church.
10: He's a mighty God, and we've come to give Him
0: praise. Come on, put those hands together like this, everybody.
1: Who do you call? Wonderful Counselor. Oh, Lord. If you have pain right now. You need a surgery, don't you? I just, the power of God's going to surge through your body. Stretch forth
15: your hands. She's supposed to have a surgery to correct this hip problem. I have faith in God, come Holy Spirit, that right now she's going to be healed by the power of God and receive a brand new hip. Do it, Jesus! A
7: brand new hip! Bam, 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 bam!
16: Sound like you teaching people to worship money. With all due respect, Reverend, that sounds like some bullshit to me. Ooh. You can't buy God's blessings. It don't work like that. Says the man who obviously ain't got no blessings. If
10: Jesus, the real Jesus, didn't want me to have this money, then Jesus would take it away.
1: Come <laughs> back. <laughs> You can afford dogs love, nigga. Save her. Boaz has some relatives, and if you don't watch it, you won't get the one God has for you. You'll get his relatives to so the girls. I found this on the internet. He has Boaz is spelled B-O-A-Z. Everybody say B-O-A-Z. And so he's got some relatives called broke ass, boaz, Line ass cheating ass, dumb ass, drunk ass. Don't go out with him. Cheap ass. Turn to somebody and say, I dated him. Locked up ass, good for nothing ass, lazy ass, and especially his third cousin beating your ass. Wait on your ass and make sure he respects your ass. Now there's your word. You want it.
10: Let God take you through the wilderness. The way, but the one sin that cannot be forgiven is when the Holy Ghost is working
17: and you say a shit.
18: Stop the music.
2: Stop the music. And I rebuke that cringe. I rebuke that cringe because we can say shit anywhere else and it don't bother nobody. But when I call shit out in church, you got a problem. You going to sit right down with your friends at brunch and everybody going to say shit and you ain't going to say nothing. Your pastor said you act like I'm going to hell. No, you going to hell. I
10: ain't going to hell, you going to hell!
14: Shitmyass.com 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 Shitmyass.com
19: Shitmyass.com Oh, it's in a 6 pack episode 207 with the Honorable Reverend Dr. Pfeiffer, host of the Two-Hour Folk Hour, and Lord and Lord, let me tell you, we got a show for you today. How you doing, Reverend? Speaking, Brother sitter. I tell you what, not enough people been donating, not enough people been sending in Boostergrams. I've been getting two Boostergrams a month up here in this motherfucker. I ain't gonna put up with it no more. Hell yeah, I'm gonna shut... Hang on, I never even said... This is is a new new son of a bitch. bitch. And I rebuke that cringe. And
2: I rebuke that cringe. mm, 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 Mm-mm-mm-mm.
19: We're gonna do some talking about televangelism today. We're gonna spread the yes, uh, holy word of the law. Yes, we are. Mm hmm. Mm hmm. What do you got in store for them, Reverend?
20: We're gonna be talking about some of them mega churches. They be taking your money. Mm mm mm. We're gonna be talking about some of that hypnotic stuff that's going on. Yes, Lord. And they're gonna put you in a trance. And then they gonna take your money too.
19: And then they're gonna pull down your pants. And fill then your I socks you with ants.
11: You know what, I'm bringing your kids around these people.
19: Mm-mm-mm-mm.
11: Danger! Danger! Alert! Alert! I am a scumbag! I am filth! Yes. And the Bible tells us that.
19: Well, we're going to be talking about, uh, I got some... I got some Joe Osteen to talk about. I got some Kenneth Copeland to talk about. I got some... I got some... Can I get an amen? Amen! I got some... Jim Baker to talk about. I got some Jesse Duplantis to talk about.
16: And you know yeah. what I'm
19: gonna do to them? I'm gonna rebuke that cringe.
1: I rebuke that cringe.
2: Rebuke that cringe. Mm-mm-mm.
1: That's right. I don't give do a shit. Well, let's get into it. All right. Mm. Thank you, brother. Seat
19: sitter. Should we do the whole show? <laughs> 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 let's, do the, let's do the whole show <laughs> like that. Do the whole show like it is? Oh yeah! How uh, short do
20: you? want I can't even stay in character for my own show. <laughs>
19: <laughs> oh man! Well, thanks for coming on, Pfeiffer. It's uh, it's been a long uh, time. Yeah, I appreciate I'm your, excited.
20: Yeah, appreciate your patience. Uh, wasn't feeling well last week. Oh yeah, have to reschedule.
19: Oh oh, hang on a second. Nah. Oh yeah. Oh, I forgot to tell everybody that the Lord yes laid His healing hands upon Pfeiffer. Yes, he did. Because for three whole days, the devil was bringing him down. But now he is risen. i am risen. I don't know. I've I don't been know how sanctified. long he was sick for, but he was sick for what felt like a while. Because I was real excited to do the show. Yeah, oh, mercy. <clears throat> Okie dokie.
21: <laughs> All right.
19: <laughs> anyway, yeah. Uh, yeah, I don't know. I, I got it. I I didn't expect to be. Has sucked into this topic when you first pitched the topic of mega churches for a show i didn't expect to go down such a rabbit hole, but I for sure have gone down a rabbit hole to the point where th- we might have to make this a two parter depending on how the night goes because I yeah, just have yeah. a smirkish bird of clips um but i don't know maybe maybe you could kick us off if or unless you want me to I figure you could kind of uh tell me where you want to go tell the tell us all where you want to go with this and uh i'll I'll kind of well, jump gonna- in wherever
20: all right. Well, I'm just going to bring it right here locally to the local mega church here in uh, southwest Missouri. It's known as James River Assembly, but we know it as Six Flags Over Jesus. <laughs> it is—they <laughs> um, have a main camp. It was started in uh, roughly 1990 by like four couples as an Assemblies of God church. And seeing as how the Assemblies of God are centered here, like headquartered here in town— Like, there's no shortage of Assemblies of God churches, so they're kind of like, eh, whatever. And they start this, uh, so they start this Assemblies of God church, and it was really small. And then about a year later, they brought in, uh, what you got
19: there? I'm I'm pouring myself a Simply Spiked Strawberry Lemonade. Oh. Listen that pour. Sounds very Tennessee. It's uh, it's pretty good. Anyway, sorry, carry on. I didn't mean to. Oh yeah.
20: Um the uh it's about a about a year after their founding in 1991 they brought on a pastor named John Lindell and he has never left. Um but since then he turned it into a a, a small congregation like in, basically in a retail space uh into a huge uh enterprise basically that uh has a main campus plus I think three satellites at this time, and they're building a fourth for a total combined average Sunday uh, attendance of 19,000, which is pretty big. the uh, The main campus has 3,400 seats. Um, I think most of the satellite ones have like 1,200 seats, and these are these are not your traditional church. You know, this is a full on uh, sort of amphitheater auditorium setup. Yeah, of, I grew up
19: at. I went to a non-denominative non-denominational church that I think we started in Toledo. It had less than a thousand members by the time we left. They had four campuses all over Ohio and God knows where they're at now, but it was called Cedar Creek. And these things uh, grow fast. Yeah. And I remember my dad being very upset and us leaving the church when they put a Starbucks in the lobby of the church.
20: (laughs) This has got one of those. Yep. (laughs) This is, I mean, we're, you know, we're going to have to make a few uh, references to a show called Righteous Jumpstones. Hopefully, many of you have seen it. Uh, it's, it's about uh, a family that runs a megachurch and all their trials and tribulations.
19: And until doing research for this show, I had thought that show was over the top and rather exaggerative. And by golly, I think that <laughs> real life megachurches have had crazier scandals and crazier shenanigans going on than the gemstones and the righteous gemstones. And yeah, if you haven't seen it, great show. John Goodman, Dana McBride. Just a phenomenal show. Baby Billy is my favorite.
20: Yep. Baby Billy. Uncle Baby Billy. But uh, then, so um, they have all these campuses. They've got 19,000 people. And I don't really have, um, apparently, I've got somebody dying in the other room. I don't. <laughs> I, I'll be dying don't here really soon. Have, I have but, the shot collar
19: on. so. Uh, oh,
20: do you? Yeah. Oh, no. Um, and. You know, to, just to kind of draw the, to, the comparisons to Righteous Gemstones, it was re- recently announced that the, the pastor and his wife, John and Debbie Lindell, uh, who he's the head pastor and she's, well, you know, she's up there all the time, and uh, I guess the co lead pastor or something like that, but he's going to be transitioning it to his two sons and their wives over the next four years. So that nepotism that that we see in in righteous gemstones is, is happening in real life here because you know a normal church they have like a selection committee when a pastor retires and they pray on it and all that and they you know they choose a new pastor but this one is just getting kind of handed down like a business.
19: Yeah, Joel Olstein. I didn't realize till recently inherited uh, whatever that church is, not Hillsong yeah. Lakewood. I think is what it's called.
20: Yeah, but. Um, so um they i don't really know of any i mean because it's it's mostly a local thing there aren't many scandals that have been reported you know it hasn't been blown open or anything like that Uh, i can say that they did take 2.14 million dollars in ppp loans and claimed a uh, uh, 250 employees and the average church around here got a hundred thousand dollars and claimed 12 employees so that's kind of like the difference around here, uh, of this of this church. But uh, this spring they had a little event they called the uh, um, Stronger Men Conference, Stronger Men's Conference, and uh, boy, they held it at the you know big arena, and it was uh, well. I'm just going to have this guy introduce it for you. Hell yeah. Well, hang on. I'm not used to launching clips. I usually have a,
18: a tame Fletcher to do it. Here we go. Lots of fun apparently going on at the, I want to make sure I get the right name of this thing. I was going to call it the real men conference. It's the stronger men conference, but it's Senator Ron being a good, strong Christian male. So keep that in mind as we look at, let me see, there's tons of American flags. There's an F and tank with somebody pops out of the top of it, firing a bunch of blank rounds. Oh, there's firework explosion as he drives over four cars very slowly in a, a very non-dramatic way. In my opinion, you know, when I was a seven-year-old kid loving to see Bigfoot jump over cars, it was much more exciting than this. And here's what that sounded like. I present to you.
17: The tank. <laughs>
22: yeah.
9: Oh, yeah.
20: He said Chuck Norris.
16: <laughs> so that was welcome that. to hell. Who gives a shit?
20: I just got to set this up. Uh, you know, the that guy awesome. kind of did. Was that a monster but, uh, truck? It was a tank. It was an actual tank. Okay. It was a so big one. Too.
19: Still pretty close to the Gemstones, uh, the Redeemer. The Redeemer. Yeah. They, yeah. <laughs>
20: they had a monster truck
19: last year. Hell yeah. <laughs> it was very That's much awesome. like Redeemer. Yeah. And the guy and the that drove it looked like that.
20: he wasn't that good at driving it either. So it might have been one of the kids, you know. But. Um, so there's a very large riser and this um that the, basically the tank is under so it's kind of hidden kind of not but uh th- the band is on top of that riser and uh, boy they're dressed to make like hairball blush like <laughs> they're just total 80s out the tight pants the wigs dude that's you awesome. heard the yep on either side of the stage there's like a Ferrari which probably did belong to the children I love this
19: this this sounds like my kind of place,
20: <laughs> but uh yeah, you know, they got the pyro and everything, so yeah, that was that uh, apparently there was motorcycle jumping and, and things like that, and that was the you know of course the intro to it but uh then of course, they have all the speakers, and wouldn't you know it if my state senator didn't show up? <laughs> <laughs> And uh, if you know who my state senator is, it is Josh Hawley. You've heard him on, oh, no yeah. Agenda sh- on the oh, No Agenda yeah. Show. Oh, yeah. Hawley. We know him as Holland Hawley because after he did the the fist pump to the protesters on Jan 6, when they actually got into the building, man, there's that security footage of him running like a girl. And when I say running like a girl, he actually runs like a girl, which is makes this next
18: stuff interesting. Uh, you know who else they got to speak at this event? One of the most manly men. <laughs> In American politics. Watch.
19: Hey, men. Josh Hawley here. I am so excited to be with you for Stronger 2023. I have loved going to this conference in years past. I'm super excited to be part of the speaker lineup this year. It is coming really quick. So get registered today, and I'll see you there.
20: And one of the parts of that analysis of that guy that uh, I, I cut out, but I kind of liked is he kept referencing Josh Hawley's medium, uh, extra medium shirts.
23: I thought
19: it was funny. Extra medium. That's uh, I like that. Yeah. That's, that's
20: good. It's a, it's a subtle one, but, <laughs> but uh, I did clip a, <laughs> you have anything on that? Oh, I mean, not that I one. S-
19: oh, <laughs> said it. Sorry. Other
20: thing you want
19: to drive the tank next year? Oh, big time! Yeah, that's if if that's one thing I realized trying to get what oh shit that's one thing I realized trying to get into this is I I came into researching all these televangelists kind of be like looking to really nail them to the cross for lack of a better term be like these guys are assholes and the, now I'm just kind of looking at it by the I've gotten so far down the rabbit hole that I'm like these guys are awesome they're gangsters they're just balling I'm. I can't even be mad at him anymore. I love it.
20: Yeah, I mean, it's full took a, you know that the grift in a different way, really.
19: I'm in full support of it at this point.
20: And they're all good businessmen.
19: Yeah. It's when so that, you get into the uh, sexual abuse and pedophilia that I have a problem, but when it comes to just being a baller, shot collar 20-inch blade on the Impala, like that's <laughs> shot collar, yeah. That was an accidental <laughs> reference. Yeah, but uh no, I I love it. Uh, I have a a I'm little just, shorty one-off uh, if oh, yeah. you, uh, this is. Have you heard of the Greater Ministries International? Probably. Yeah, this is <laughs> I've been like, deep in this crap too. This is an old school one, but uh, yeah, here you go. A Ponzi scheme that traded
14: on people's faith. Take a look. Don't put it on your tax return that you donated any money to Greater. As the founder of the Florida-based Greater Ministries International, Gerald Payne orchestrated an elaborate scam that defrauded unsuspecting people throughout the '90s dubbed Faith Promises, the scheme was depicted as a divine investment program in which investors' money would be doubled by God himself. In total, about 18,000 people were swindled by Payne, his wife Betty, and other church leaders to the tune of about $500 million. The fraudulent program came to a halt in August 1999, when U.S. federal agents stormed the church's headquarters in Tampa and closed down the building. Payne and his accomplices were arrested and handed lengthy prison- for their crimes. The church would guarantee a 17% return.
10: We don't promise you the Lord does.
19: <laughs> I love that.
10: We don't promise you the Lord does.
19: Yeah uh, I see that's that's why that's what we call state overreach because these are just some good honest Christian men trying to make some people some money and Uncle Sam right. had to come in and shut them down because they weren't getting their cut. Right what can go
20: wrong? I mean, that money is guaranteed by God himself.
19: (laughs) We don't guarantee you the Lord does. I love that. That's awesome. And the Bible tells us that.
20: Of course, you'll get your million dollars in like 30 years when a million dollars is like 100 bucks.
19: Yeah. Oh, man. Um, You know what? Yeah. Let me uh, let me play through a couple more Then I got. uh, All right. I. Jesse Duplantis, former co-host of the show, Caleb, uh, suggested when I told him we were doing televangelists, he said, oh, you got to look into Jesse Duplantis. Oh, yeah. And I hadn't heard of him, but it turns out he's kind of chummy with Kenneth Copeland. But uh, this is Jesse Duplantis on the real reason that Christ hasn't returned yet. This is a shorty.
2: I honestly believe this, that the reason why Jesus hadn't come is because people are not giving the way God told them to give. Mm. Uh Uh-huh. You see what I'm saying? Wow. I yep. mean, when you understand it, you can speed up the time.
19: So you can speed, you can bring forth the book of Revelations, Return of Christ, if you just give more money to the church. <laughs> it sounds like a video game scheme. <laughs> <Yeah>. It's like... <laughs> fucking loot boxes. Bring back
20: 100,000 gold and get the... <laughs> <laughs> oh, get the, the, pay yeah. the pay to win. Pay to win
19: scheme. Yeah, I like that.
20: But... uh Let's see. I've got I've got a little bit. I've got twenty four more seconds of Holly. Oh,
19: sorry. Unless you had another
20: one you wanted to get to. Oh no, go for it. All right. I just wanted. This is no matter how you feel.
19: No matter how the last two months have gone for you or the last few years, your life is a life of influence. Your life is a life of significance, and God wants to use you to do something that He won't use anybody else for. He wants His strength, His power, His righteousness to flow through you and to change the world. That's what it means to be a mighty man of valor. Mighty man of valor. <laughs> that's uh I've never seen this side of, of course, Josh Howley. He's He wrote MTG the book t- on manhood. You didn't know that? Oh, I thought that was Mike Cernovich. Uh, his, his book is literally called Manhood. Oh.
20: I'm sure there's a subtitle, but yeah.
19: <laughs> yeah, that's yep. right. Cernovich. The manliest of mindset. our
20: state senators.
19: Does uh does MG T or or sorry, MTG or anybody else, Margie Taylor Green, anybody else like that have uh, real? I, I would guess I would assume they have real close ties to the church. I know even Trump was really looking up the endorsements from some of these people like Jim Baker, who we'll get to later and stuff like that.
20: Right? You want those people speaking for? If you're Trump, you want them speaking Talk. for you, not oh. <laughs> you want them speaking for you? You don't necessarily want to go before a congregation, but it looks like Josh Hawley is perfectly comfortable doing that.
19: I'm going to have to move this thing from my neck down to my leg or something. Because the neck is...
20: You getting a I little know. chap
19: there? Or? I, it's like cuts off my circulation after about an hour. I can't get this collar any looser. I think it's made for a small dog. <laughs> um. Yeah, uh... All right. What?
20: Oh, you didn't even say it that time.
19: I think I did. I'm getting shocked for no reason. Uh... I got Okay, here's one from Andrew Womack, another pastor I hadn't heard of until this last week. This guy is awesome. Listen to this logic here.
2: I tell you, partnership in the gospel is the greatest thing you can do. When we get to heaven, I can guarantee you there's not a single one of you that's going to be saying, I wish you hadn't have encouraged me to give so much and that I'd have got my fifth flat screen TV and that I would have had more jewels and fancier clothes and a nicer car. All that stuff will be gone. It's only what you invest in the kingdom that is going to benefit you for eternity. You're going to come up to me and hug my neck and kiss me and say, thank you, thank you, thank you for getting that money out of my pocket.
19: Hell yeah. Thank you, thank you, thank you for getting that money out of my pocket. I love that. These guys are awesome. Like I said, I can't even be mad at them.
20: Yeah, I mean, they're really good at getting people to part with their money. That's for sure.
19: Yeah, we I should take a page out of their book. I did do that. Yeah. All right, I well, need to stop got, talking. You would go for a right, minute, well, so I've I do
20: shocked. All right, well, um, there was something else funny that happened. Not just the uh, the Stronger Men conference, but there was another event. I actually think this made uh, national news. This is John Lindell, the pastor.
24: Amazing things are happening. People are being healed online. And uh, so uh, this involves a creative miracle. Chrissy Thompson was shot three times in 2015 by her husband and was in a coma for two months. Her injuries included the need to have three toes amputated. Can you pause that for a second? If anyone needed a creative miracle.
19: And back it up. So he was she was shot 23 times, three times. Oh, three times. Okay. I heard 20. Two either months. way. Either way. Injuries, she Thompson was how do shot we know she didn't time. deserve it? They, he's not covering the fact that she <laughs> might have done something to antagonize him to bring him to that point. It's true. You never know. Yeah, just saying.
24: Chrissy Thompson was shot three times in 2015 by her husband and was in a coma for two months. Her injuries included the need to have three toes amputated. When Pastor Bill asked if anyone needed a creative miracle, Chrissy responded that she had three toes amputated. Kelly, who serves on the prayer team, told her that the Lord wanted to grow her toes back tonight.
23: Love the music, bed.
24: So Kelly had her take off her shoe, anointed where each of the toes would be, and began to pray. The skin began to change color. Pretty soon there was a pulse in the foot that she could feel. All of a sudden, Chrissy said, Are you kidding me? And they saw the toes begin to grow. I believe. Hey, there's more. (laughs) Several other team members joined in to pray with Kelly. Bone began to form where there was none before. As the ladies prayed for Chrissy, oh, you want to stay standing because I mean, you just move back up here. As the ladies prayed for Chrissy over the next 30 minutes, all three toes grew. And by that point, we're longer than her pinky toe. Within an hour, nails began to grow on all the toes. This morning, she went to it to her husband's a medical doctor. <laughs> she went and was examined. She has three toes, so
19: she only has three toes. What happened to the two, the other two of the five? I know, right? She has three toes. Only one grew back.
9: <laughs> so
19: they're claiming a miracle. Let's hear from Chrissy yourself.
13: So I had three toes that were amputated in a, in a terrible accident. I heard the word for creative miracles, and I thought, "Well, I certainly have a creative miracle that I might need. I need three toes to grow back." The person next to me said, "Do you want new toes?" And I was like, "Well, sure." All the women got down, and they right over my foot and I decided to take my shoe off to see what was happening when he said let's see the progress or if anything's happened and when I did I had to grab the person next to me and say do you see what I see and I saw three toes that were forming and now there's length to them tonight I can stand on my tippy toes listen do you understand I can stand on tippy toes no I couldn't do that because I didn't have toes to tippy on
20: didn't have toes to tippy tippy on on. (laughs)
19: Yeah, creative miracle. I think creative being the operative word there.
20: So, yep, she uh, provided testimony. She was out in the lobby of one of these places. I think I could see the coffee shop out there in the back.
1: That's awesome.
20: Um, Yeah. You know what the one thing she didn't do? Uh, Clip her toenails. Take off her fucking shoe and show the fucking toes. (laughs) Which is (laughs) something that has not happened to this day. Yeah. Like people are like okay, show us. You know, it's, it's it's Missouri. It's a show me state. Right, me. and
19: if you still, it wouldn't even be that hard to fake. If she never even lost her toes in the first place, she could take off their shoe and still show all her toes and be like, look. Um, so yeah. yeah, it's just sloppy. I mean, it's just sloppy right. scams.
20: But they won't like take a picture of somebody else's foot and put it on Facebook. Right. I mean, come on, <laughs> it's not even that hard to fake. Freaking amateur but, uh, hour over here. That's right. But then, uh, so this was this healing was done down at the Joplin campus of James River. Like I said, they've got three satellites with the fourth on the way. So this was done at the, down at the Joplin campus, and they had a guest preacher who was something of a big dill himself. He, this is from the Bethel. You know, a little aside here. All these preachers, they just kind of go around to each other's churches as guest preachers, right?
9: hmm
20: Pretty much. I mean, that's what you're seeing. That's what I see. Yeah. So I'm assuming that they're paying each other for these for these appearances. Wouldn't that be just like a big money laundering thing? Yeah,
19: they, they could launder keep- money easily that way. Even if they're not paying them, they're still being able to promote the books they sell and their, you know, yeah. their churches and all that. So it's it's a mutual thing. I mean, kind of like uh, like us, like uh, like I we're we're uh, Let's say that uh, No Agenda is a big old mega church, and we're, all our podcasts are a little seed church. We, we go on each other's shows and promote ourselves, and it's, it's, kinda, it's mutually uh, beneficial. It's symbiotic.
20: And we get sats. Yes. But uh, this is Pastor Bill Johnson with his uh, account of the miracle. But
23: that evening, there's multiple campuses of one of the other campuses streaming the meeting. A woman was there who had been shot twice by her husband. Twice, not three times. Wow. Anybody else glad that Jesus heals the inside as well as the outside? Yeah. And, and he, heals, he, he heals shed, the first he bullet from existing. <laughs> and I happened that evening to be talking about creative miracles that we've seen. And we just began to pray just randomly for creative miracles. And specifically things like you know, missing cartilage and you know, stuff like that that the Lord had just make new. Organs of the body, I have a friend who was missing a kidney and the Lord recreated a kidney, verified by x-rays, all the stuff. So we began to pray into that. And this gal was at one of the other campuses and said, I want my toast back. And so another guy was praying for, her, and as I as I I, ha- I have the, the statement took about 30 minutes, but they saw the bone come, wrap in flesh, completely grow out. And by morning, the toenails, everything had formed. She got three brand new toes. Three brand new toes. <laughs> I can
19: probably cut this yeah. Now, what church is this again? This is
20: James River, uh, James River Church. This is, this is the one James by James River Assembly. Yeah, this is the one by me.
19: Damn. Yeah, I don't remember anything this crazy at Cedar Creek.
20: (laughs) Yeah, this is good stuff. That's wild. Um, So, well, I got all this material from a website called (laughs) (laughs) showmethetoes.com.
9: Oh, shit.
20: Like, there was, like, it was kind of a, (laughs) they made a mockery of themselves, basically. And uh, that's awesome. But of course, there was a bit of a controversy because they wouldn't provide proof. You know, they wouldn't bring her back out, have her take off her shoe, any of that. Um, so here's what Pastor Lindell, Johnny, uh, John Lindell, what, here's what he had to say about it.
17: On uh,
24: the girl, Chrissy, in Joplin, which has been really, really unfortunate. She's uh, had a lot of trauma in her life, and it breaks my heart uh, to see people do that uh, towards her. Because her miracle is real, it's genuine. Uh, people are saying, "Well, if it's genuine, why aren't you why aren't you doing anything with it to publicize it?" There's a couple of reasons that I want to say to you. First of all, um, I'm less interested in proving to people what I know God did than I am in protecting sheep who are vulnerable. Mm. And I'm I'm going to protect <laughs> sheep first. That's my first concern is for her. Amen. So. You know, if that bothers you, I'm sorry. But if you're in trouble, my concern's for you too. So I think we have to have that heart. We have to we have to discern what's going to be right, what's going to be appropriate. Debbie is down at the Joplin campus visiting with her and meeting with her and, and some of the others who are part of that miracle talking with them.
2: So and I rebuke we, that cringe.
20: <laughs> we call that God lighting. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. Gaslighting with God.
19: Yeah, can you imagine if Jesus turned water into wine? He's like, "Well, I'm not going to let you drink it. You want to see the wine? <laughs> just have faith that it's not water anymore. Just,
20: just smell it. Just mm-hmm. smell it. Mm-hmm. Smell it like wine. It smells like grape juice. I'm Methodist.
19: Well, I want to talk about a couple. Tri- Are you? Do you have more on on the toes? Or
20: I only have one more clip that I forgot to play for this. Uh, the uh, the men's conference.
19: I'll do it. Hit me.
18: Oh boy, I'm ready to go, man. We got bull riding, we got fighting, we got motorcycles. Everybody's grabbing their balls, man. It's craziness out of
16: here. there. We go. Oh.
19: <laughs> All right,
16: I love that. that was- <laughs> I forgot.
19: I also forgot to play a clip at the opening.
16: Today we're going to talk about something pretty fun, kind of boring. Church,
19: church. Doctor Steve Brule there.
16: Hallelujah. Welcome to hell. Who gives a shit?
19: I have uh you want to talk about Joel Osteen? I always thought it was, I thought there was an L in there till this week. I thought it was Olstein, but it's Osteen. Mm-hmm. Osteen. Joel Osteen. Sure. This Mr. is uh,
20: plastic surgery
19: himself. Oh, yeah. And uh, he inherited the church from his father, which I also didn't know. But uh, this is Joel Osteen on Oprah on the O Network.
17: Today, you told a joke at the beginning of the um, church, and you talked about uh, televangelists. Televangelists have this reputation for being slick, yeah. going after people's money, and obviously not being sincere. Yeah. How have you been able to cope with that?
5: Well, knowing that, we try to go overboard to be just the opposite of everything you just said. And, and mm-hmm. I realize... And you make jokes about it yourself. Yeah, yeah, and I realize it's so... I just try to be the opposite, meaning that I'm not asking them for money on television. I'm not trying to, you know, don't try to be slick. I try to be sincere and all that. I just try to be who we are. But, you know, it's a battle we have to fight. But it's interesting how, you know what, people usually know who's sincere and who's not over time. And I think that's why we don't ask for money. And people send in millions of dollars to help us keep the broadcast on the air. And so... It's an interesting thing where does the money come from that you live your life this life with this we don't take a salary from the ministry about five years ago when I wrote that my first book I mean I never dreamed it would sell millions of copies and so I was able to go off your salary. best life now yeah but mm-hmm. it comes from that I don't take it we don't take a salary Oh, uh, it, it comes from books and, mm-hmm. and other things like that so uh, so do you make any apologies for your grand piano I really don't Oprah we just feel like this is God's blessings you know we're big givers. We live what we preach. We've given millions of dollars, mm-hmm. and we—I don't think there's anything wrong with having a nice place to live and being blessed. I don't, especially I, when you're not taking the money from the people. No, no, and, yes. and money should never be the focus of your life. If that's all you're doing, it that's that shallow. You should, you, you know, it should be to, to be a blessing to others. Yeah.
19: So he <laughs> he's technically not lying. He doesn't take a salary from the church, but the church does pay constantly to advertise his book and pays for his flights and speaking fees and all this stuff. So he's not taking a church from the minute or a salary from the ministry of the church, but right. Is that big house on in his name? Yeah. Well, there's that. And also he he makes his money from the book, but a huge chunk of money goes to pushing and advertising that book all over the place. All his books. So the church does pay for his salary, at least indirectly because they're paying for the advertisements of the product that makes him money. So it's just bullshit, but uh, I put a little. Uh, here's a supercut here, and like I said, he's not technically lying. That's what's so slimy about it. He's take he's you. Know, hey, I don't take a salary. All that. Thanks for being at Lakewood today. It's going to be a great
5: summer for you and your family, and we're blessed to have you in person and online. We'll, we'll take a moment to receive our tithes and our offerings. We always want to thank you for your donations, keeping the ministry going. You're not really giving to people, you're giving to the Lord. I love that scripture. It says, when you help those in need, you are
19: lending to the Lord. Oh, sorry. What'd you say?
20: I said, he, he's right. He technically didn't ask.
19: Yeah. He's just, he's constantly using the same two sentences.
20: Let's take a he's moment. encouraging, but he's not asking.
19: And he's, he's using scripture to back it up, but he's not asking for money. He's just saying, let's take a moment to receive our tithes and our offerings. I love that scripture that says, lending to the Lord where whatever the fuck. And he will repay you. I love that scripture. It says, when you
5: help those in need, you are lending to the Lord and he will repay you. That's what you do each week or every time you give, you are lending to God. And I know you've seen in your own life, God knows how to repay you. I'm not asking them for money on television. Nobody can pay you like God can pay you, with with good health, with ideas, good relationships, and with the finances you need to fulfill your destiny. Thanks again for being with us. Let's take a moment to receive our tithes and our offerings.
19: These are all from different church services, by the way, just crammed together.
5: <laughs> well, we don't ask for money and people send in millions of dollars.
19: Thank you for your generosity, for your giving each week,
5: keeping the ministry going. I love the scripture that says... When you help those in need, you are lending to the Lord, and He will repay you. I love the scripture that says, When you help those in need, you are lending to the Lord, and He will repay you. I'm not asking them for money on television. We don't ask for money, and people send them millions of dollars. Imagine if you lend something to a friend, if you let somebody borrow money. You know, They may pay you back, they may not. But listen, when you lend to the creator of the universe, you can count on it. He's going to pay you back. That's what you do every week as you continue to give. We're going to take a moment to receive our tithes and our offerings. Thanks for your generosity, your donations each week that keep the ministry going. The scripture says, when you give to those in need, you are lending to the Lord and He will repay you. The scripture says, when you give to those in really need, you are Bible lending verse. to the Lord and He will repay you. Didn't quote it, I think about how that's what no, you do doesn't. each week, each month. You're giving not necessarily to the church, you're giving through the church to help others. Well, you're lending to the Lord. I know you're like me. You want God to repay you. Nobody can repay you like him. I know you're like me. You want God to repay you. Nobody can repay you like him. I'm not asking him for money on television.
19: You, it's, oh, it's so fucking slimy, dude. He And he's, it's like, you're not giving to the church. You're giving through the church. Now, none of these televangelists, I've, none of them are, they all say like, give to the church, give through the church. I don't see any of them suggesting, hey, go volunteer to soup kitchen. Hey, go give to the poor directly. Go, you know, go help, go find somebody to help them in need. They're like, no, the money has to flow through these doors Um, at this church and this tithe offering. Put the money in the bucket, asshole.
20: (laughs) Yeah. Nobody can do it like they can. Yeah. (laughs) uh, I'd say, like, in some situations, like, some churches are set up better to distribute aid than, like, Oh, yeah, with
9: and the there's Red great churches. I don't want this like to sound yeah, like an
19: indictment of all churches and all religion. Like, I've been to a lot of different churches, a lot of denominations. There's a lot of good people, a lot of good pastors. But I think the ones we're highlighting here today are the real just scumbags.
20: <laughs> yeah. What you want to look for is for the church to have that kind of thing in a separate fund.
19: Mm, yeah, that and way, be transparent it's not
20: all, with it. Yep.
19: Yeah. Uh, I got one more Oasting clip. He was on Pierce Morgan.
20: Oh, and podcasts take notes. Some- yes. Don't ask.
19: Do the Joel Osteen. you like,
20: your contributions help keep yeah. <laughs> this podcast on me. <laughs> <Hey>, the- <laughs> Let me get,
19: get some, uh, uh, let's see.
9: Get
20: the, get the music bed. Yeah.
19: Yeah. Let's see if I can find. Uh, I should have gotten a music bed. see if I can fi- find someone to fly here. <clears throat> yes, brother seat sitter.
9: All right
20: your contributions help keep our ministry alive here on Abs in a Six Pack
19: don't think it of it as donating to shipmyass.com. think of it as donating through shitmyass.com your donations and boostergrams will help us run the infrastructure to build, to keep paying for the website and all that and not and only send that out
20: missions I less really godless, like
19: to <laughs> more godless podcasts I really like that Bible verse that says I can't remember the the reference for it but I really like that Bible verse that says give me your money you stupid bitch I think that's something like that
20: (laughs) and God will pay you back one of these days yep
19: let's take a moment to receive our tithes (laughs) and our offerings and our booster let's check and see right now if we have any boosts coming that came in so far ah Yes, we had one Boostergram come in from Mary-Kate Ultra for 9,900 cents. It says, thank you, thank you, thank you for getting the Bitcoin out of my pocket. (laughs) Uh, Thank you, Mary-Kate Ultra. uh, And
20: your contribution (laughs) to the Absinthe6pack ministry (laughs) will allow us to reach more listeners, reach more filthy ears than we've ever reached before.
19: If it wasn't for you, we couldn't speak to the unwashed masses. Bless all, right. all of you. All right, <laughs> <laughs> that's nice. Um, yeah, one more. Joel Joel Osteen was on Pierce Morgan, and uh, all right. he inherited his church from his dad, just like freaking Jesse Jimstone, which. Um. It just, well, yeah, I'll play the clip. Some of the stats on your
25: business empire are quite extraordinary. JoelOsteen.com is one of the top streaming sites in the world with 500,000 viewers. On iTunes, you get 4 million downloads a month to your podcast. You have a million daily requests for your emailed daily inspirational message. I mean, this is the stuff of empires. huh? You're aired in 100 countries. Do you ever stop and think, wow, how did this happen?
5: I do. I do stop and think about that often, especially periods when I never planned on doing this. I mean, 12 years ago, I was running camera at my dad's church, doing the production, things like that. I, I never thought I'd get out in front of people. I never wanted to do it. I, I like being behind the scenes, but you know what? When my dad died, <coughs> it felt like down in here I was supposed to step up and pastor the church. Never, never ministered in public before and never dreamed it would grow, but here we are.
25: I mean, you make vast sums of money. I'm, I'm right in thinking, I think the church takes in $80 million a year, but all of that gets ploughed back into the church, is that right? That's correct. But on the books which sell by the squillion, you keep all the cash.
5: Well, we, we give. We're big givers, I'll promise
25: you that. But, Take uh, us as well? Sure. Keep some of it? We do. Would you we, have any problem? Right, when,
5: you, when you have to pay the light bill, you know.
25: Exactly, yeah. yeah. But I mean, you're, you're like multi-millionaires, aren't
5: you? Well, we don't have any problem. I don't think God has any problem with you being blessed. It's where your heart is. Our heart was never just to go out and make money and let's become rich and do this and that. It's, it's you know what, let's fulfill our purpose. Would you like being rich. Well, I like being able to help others. I like being able to fulfill my
19: dreams. And This guy is one of these, it's the prosperity preaching, which I'm sure we'll cover in depth soon, but... This, this motherfucker, is literally telling people, if you have, if you only have ten dollars in the bank, ten percent of that or more still needs to go to God, and he'll and he'll I'll put repay it in my you. wall. This dude, I know for a fact, this motherfucker isn't isn't. This guy should be donating everything except the bare minimum. This guy should be dumping. If he was believed what he was saying, he would be dumping all this money straight back to people. It's bullshit.
5: Pretty much, yeah. I mean. You know, it, it takes money to do what we're doing.
25: You're like Willy Wonka. As you still sort of walk around bailing people out, you know, when you hear about problems, do you take well, a swag bag around the villages and the towns. You don't have villages here, but, you know, are you like that? Do you, do you give to people who oh, come sure. to you for help?
5: Sure, sure. We give to people. The church gives to people. We, we support works overseas. We work with organizations to to get child sponsorships, to feed and clothe and edu- educate children. We feel like that's, that's, you know, that's why God gives you influence, to help the world, decree. to make, make it a better place.
25: <laughs> what do you think, when, when President Obama brings in, as he wants to, a new tax on the super-rich, everyone over a million dollars, which would include you guys, do you, do you feel he's on the right track? Should the rich be paying more tax? Would you happily write more money to the treasury? You know, Piers, again... It's so far out of my league. I would do what. Well, I'm the, asking you personally. Would do you mind paying more tax?
5: Well, I wouldn't be foolish. I, I don't. I don't mind doing what what is agreed upon by the government. We will be great citizens and not complain. Whatever
25: the right. Well, thing that's to a different do
19: kind is. of question. What I'm saying is, would you like it? <laughs> we will be great citizens and not <laughs> complain. Fuck you, dude. Which, by the way, no. That's the. That's that of all the things he said in this clip. That's what pissed me off the most. Anybody that says we will be great citizens and not complain is definitely like, an <laughs> asshole. I don't care what the context is.
20: He's starting to think about the places in the wall. You can, he, that's where it starts. That's where it starts. The right places there.
19: in the wall? Like, yeah. Oh, so I have a clip on that. I wouldn't be
5: foolish. I, I, don't, I don't mind doing what, what is agreed upon by the government. We will be great citizens and not complain, whatever the right <laughs> thing do is. That's a different kind
25: of question. All I'm saying is, would you like it? Yeah. You... No, I would,
5: no, I would rather have all the money and the government run great without the money and I'd give it away to other people. But, you know, I don't think, you know, obviously it's not practical. We've got to, you know, have infrastructure and all the
19: other. Got to build those roads. Yeah, the money in the walls. He said I' would got...
23: give it away. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> bullshit.
19: Uh, Yeah, this is from the Today Show.
23: We're praying
14: for you. The inspirational messages pack his Houston church with thousands. But this morning, Pastor Joel Osteen in the spotlight with a money mystery. But, I mean, it was just, like, unbelievable the things he was telling us that they found in the wall. During his morning radio show, host George Lindsay took a call from a man who identified himself as a plumber who recently worked inside Osteen's Lakewood Church. The station, 100.3 in Houston, asked callers to chime in about interesting discoveries. There was a loose toilet in the wall, and uh, we removed the tile. Well, they removed the tile. I went to go remove the toilet, and I moved some insulation away, and uh, about 500 envelopes fell out of the wall. Envelopes full of cash, checks, and money orders. I went ahead and uh, contacted the uh, maintenance supervisor that was there, and uh, I went ahead and turned it all in. The church confirmed the find in a statement, <laughs> writing, An undisclosed amount of cash and checks were found. Adding <laughs> they notified police.
19: <laughs> An undisclosed amount. Who's? They're making it seem like... Somebody else wouldn't disclose it, but it was the church. The church is the one that
14: wouldn't disclose it, so they're talking about themselves. It's just so goofy. Firm defined in a statement, writing, an undisclosed amount of cash and checks were found, adding they notified police, but Lakewood has no further comment at this time. Houston police wouldn't share how much was recovered, but did state Friday, evidence from the recovered check suggests this November case is connected to a March 9th, 2014 theft report of undisclosed amounts of money at the church. That money disappeared from a church safe. And while police launched an investigation, no arrests were ever made. With regular services planned for Sunday, police documented the evidence and left it with Lakewood staff. But call the case an active investigation. Now, there was a push to get that plumber some reward money after that incredible fine, but Crime Stopper says that the expiration for the tips had already passed uh, and that if you Mm -hmm. are to hand over a tip, it must lead to an arrest. And as of right now, Peter Christen, no arrests, no suspects named. Send
19: it back
13: unbelievable, to you. Morgan Chesky. Thank you for that report. I keep
26: thinking about the Why is this that guy the still on. found those five hundred envelopes.
19: Yeah, I'll tell you one thing. We'll be doing this weekend. That's checking behind the four hundred and eighty envelopes. Good
26: tip. Good yeah. advice. a little <laughs>
19: stash back there. I meant to play this one when she said "unbelievable."
11: Unbelievable.
19: <laughs> uh, I hope yeah. that plumber actually took care of himself. You know that five hundred, yeah, I, I mean Four hundred eighty. You know, I mean, and that that just goes back to. What we were saying earlier, there's so much of this stuff that's in the Righteous Gemstones. We're like, wow, that's based, it's basically a documentary. <laughs> uh, <laughs> Pretty much. Yeah. yeah. And, and, and <laughs> when, on, in the Pierce Morgan clip, Pierce is like, you make 18, you, your church pulls in $18 million a year. And that's not that long ago. That's, in the la- that's this decade that that clip is from. Jim Baker, who I just can't wait to get into. In the 70s, his church was pulling in $180 million a year, I think the number was. Wow. Or 120 at least. I think it was 180. In the 70s. Fucking. That's pretty good. Dude, (laughs) dude, Joe Osteen is small potatoes comparatively. Like, not even close, especially if you account for inflation. Even without inflation, he's 10% of what Jim Baker's getting. So, I mean, whoo. But uh, yeah, what do you got? Pass the ball. That back. was it for Osteen. Okay, yeah, I'm, cool. I'm done with Osteen.
20: All right. Well, I wanted to talk a little bit about an outfit called Hillsong, which Ooh. is another one that was started. Um, let's see, it started in 1980s, I think. In um, Australia, right? It started. Let's see. Down on Yes, in Sydney.
19: Yeah, and they Brian Houston's father, and they then Brian spawned came one of the biggest uh, Christian rock bands in mo- in the modern era, the Hillsong band. Oh yeah, yeah.
20: yeah, All that—that's I think that's probably how they make the most of their money, to be honest. Mm-hmm. But uh, and that music is an is an important part of their services. Um, it has a very, and they they kind of pioneered this. This is almost like MK Ultra kind of level of just planning out these services exactly the way to evoke emotion and uh almost a you know a trance-like state yeah i have some of, personal stories that just I, can,
19: deep emotion. I can vouch for with uh not hillsong in particular but yeah the the yeah i'll, I'll yeah i'll come back to that because they really do they get you into that state that makes you want to just stick your uh stick your money in their pocket yeah
20: and i i did i tried to get some clips on this kind of thing but it was just it was one of those where they had like clip, then the narrator, then the, you know, and it was just, I couldn't break it up. Mm-hmm. Anyway.
19: Um, oh, and one more thing. It's, the the band is a huge source of income, but also when you have Chris Pratt and Justin Bieber in mm-hmm. your congregation, I'd imagine that 10% tithe from them is no small potatoes. I mean, you get Chris Pratt's in 20 movies a year. You're getting that Guardians of the Galaxy and Mario movie and all that. 10% of all that. That's right. Yep. Some good money.
20: I haven't even gotten to that connection yet. <laughs> Sorry. Um, Goggles. No, it's fine. Um. You know, they, Brian Houston's father, uh, Frank, founded this church in Sydney, grew into Hillsong, all that, um, and uh, and they got to be fairly famous. Like you said, it was like Justin Bieber. It's like a celebrity church in New York that was run by a guy named Carl Lentz, and uh, I think there's one in Boston. There's one in L.A. Um, I'm not sure where, exactly where all they're at. But, uh, oh, we're talking about the Hillsong band. I, you know, every little church with, with the, has their own little rock band in it. They all play Hillsong songs. So if they're having to pay royalties for that, I imagine that's a good source of income too.
19: Yeah. Uh, yeah, but, I would imagine. Yeah. 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 And because uh, all the radio play that Hillsong gets, you know, oh, all yeah. that stuff. Yeah. But
20: I decided to go straight into the uh, the scandals. Hell yeah. Let's so, do it. Uh, <laughs> that's yeah, what I've got the. I found a pretty good uh, video for this that I chopped up for us. Here is the intro. And I keep... I lowering keep your vibration
18: the and, and jacking your louche.
20: Yeah, yeah, my, my louche is getting jacked right now, man.
27: <laughs> Hillsong is the world's best-known megachurch, with celebrities like Justin Bieber and Chris Pratt as members. But with that much attention, influence, and money, scandals are almost inevitable. Here are all the times Hillsong Church made headlines for less than pious reasons.
20: I guess I didn't need to play that, because we already said all that. But uh, here's a good one. I've already mentioned Carl Lentz. Here's a a minute on him.
27: Pastor Carl Lentz was in many ways the public face of Hillsong Church. He was well-known as the spiritual advisor and life coach for his congregant, Justin Bieber. And now he's more associated with the affair that got him fired from Hillsong in November 2020. According to a statement by founder Brian Houston and published by People, Lentz's employment was terminated. Explaining the decision, the statement read, This action was not taken lightly and was done in the best interests of everyone, including Pastor Carl, following ongoing discussions in relation to leadership issues and breaches of trust, plus a recent revelation of moral failures. Houston declined to get into specifics, but a day later, Lentz explained the situation on Instagram, confessing, "...I was unfaithful in my marriage, the most important relationship in my life." In a leaked audio of a church meeting obtained by Page Six, Houston referenced Lentz partaking in multiple extramarital affairs. According to The Sun, it's Hillsong Church's policy to fire both parties of a marriage if one is terminated. That means that Laura Lentz was not only cheated on by her husband, but she lost her job at Hillsong, too. In 2021, she revealed on Instagram that as a result of the scandal and marital problems she'd suffered from anxiety and PTSD.
20: And they're still together. They never had a fight, right?
19: And they never had a fight.
20: And they never had a fight i don't know if you had anything to say about that. It was just you know typical.
19: I had a one liner, but I forgot I was muted for it. so
20: I mean, you know most of these guys have some kind of morality clause, I would think, but
19: yeah uh, it's especially just nowadays not a good I think look, I think know? back in the decades prior, I think you're people it was more of the wild West, and now, because of all that and the notorious. Reputation that uh, these scandals have brought onto televangelism. I think now there's a lot of stuff written in those contracts and legalese.
20: Yeah, probably. Either way, it's just like it's one of those things that that you know, it's sex. The church is just not cool with it, especially if it's outside of marriage.
19: Well, I don't know. There's a lot of mega churches that are pro gay marriage now, which is interesting. That's a whole yeah. other can of worms. So they're okay with gay sex, but not uh Well, I don't know, didn't Hillsong have some of Hillsong had some uh we'll get there yeah okay yeah I'll, I'll put my goggles back on.
20: first we're going to talk about you know I mentioned his fa- it was started by his father, Frank there in Sydney. Yes, well, he happened to like some sexy time outside of marriage too.
27: Brian Houston founded Hillsong Church while his father Frank Houston created the Sydney Christian Life Center, which was later absorbed into Hillsong. According to The Guardian, Frank also served as the head of Assemblies of God in Australia and New Zealand, where in the 1960s he allegedly abused multiple boys. One victim from Sydney came forward in 1998. His mother reported the abuse to Assemblies of God, led at the time by Hillsong's Brian Houston. Brian forced his father to resign from his church duties, and over the next year, an internal investigation uncovered more abuse cases. While all of that was necessary, Brian Houston overlooked something important.
16: What we didn't do is report it to the police."
27: neglecting to report child abuse as a crime in Australia. In 2014, Brian Houston testified to the Royal Commission into Institutional Responses to Child Sexual Abuse that his father, who died in 2004, had engaged in many acts of abuse and assault against minors. The pattern of abuse was something Brian said that he was devastated to learn about. According to the Sydney Morning Herald, the commission censored Brian for his silence. In 2018, 60 Minutes Australia aired a report that uncovered evidence that he actively helped cover up his father's actions. Hillsong released a statement in response expressing sympathy for the victims as well as a non-exhaustive list of false statements and or misrepresentations. In 2021, police in Sydney issued a warrant for Brian Houston's arrest. His case goes to trial in 2022.
20: I don't have an update on that case. but
19: Yeah, I was looking for the clip in my archive somewhere, but uh, the, the sex scandals and sex addiction South Park clip, it's like... Uh, oh, yeah. It's like to to avoid all these destructive things happening in our lives, the sex the sex addiction class. We must avoid anyone getting caught. Yes, that's right. <laughs> it's like, uh, yeah, it's these guys. Um, they're all sloppy. They don't know how to. They, they they don't know what they're doing. They they slip up almost every single time, and uh, I'm sure that implies that there's some. Big mega church pastors that uh, know how to keep their shit on the DL, but especially in the internet oh, sure. age now, I don't think you really can do it like you could back in the day.
20: No, not really. I, I mean, you can't. You certainly can't. I wouldn't say be open with it, but you have to really be careful if mm-hmm. you were going to do that kind of thing.
19: Yeah, and you got to um, rebu- rebuke that cringe.
2: And I rebuke that cringe.
20: I rebuke that cringe. But, you know, they still have access to children, all that kind of thing. So, yep. But, um, uh, um, speaking of covering up, uh, that kind of thing, here's
27: another one. In 2021, Hillsong Church's complex in Australia was rocked and publicly outraged when two women accused church associates of assault. Anna Crenshaw, an American student who attended Hillsong College in Australia, told the Christian Post that shortly after her arrival in 2016, she was sexually assaulted by Jason Mays, a Hillsong administrator, singer, and son of the church's human resources leader. Crenshaw says Mays attempted to kiss and touch her in a sexual manner, with force and without consent. She reported the incident to the Pastoral Care Oversight Department, who insisted that Mays was a decent person and that his alleged actions against her were an aberration. Crenshaw recounted her story on 60 Minutes Australia, recalling that after the attack, Mays was promoted. The church took five months to report the crime to police, which reportedly only happened after the intervention of Crenshaw's father. Mays pleaded guilty to assault with an act of indecency. The 60 Minutes Australia report also included the testimony of a former Hillsong-Melbourne East youth leader identified as Catherine. She alleges a sexual assault by a church member in 2018. When Catherine reported it to a pastor, he allegedly declined to listen. She recalled the exchange to 60 Minutes Australia.
15: "...and every time I would say a word, he would say, that's not for my ears to hear. That's not for my ears to hear. You go sort that out with him, that's not for my ears to hear."
27: It wasn't until 2021 that Hillsong referred the matter to the police. According to Australia's News.com, Hillsong responded to the 60 Minutes report, labeling the story, quote, "...gutter journalism at its finest." (laughs) Ugh. <laughs> Got
20: so we have cover-ups we have uh, well somebody trying to get plausible di- deniability I guess so like oh she never told me about that because I said don't tell me about that yeah
11: <laughs> oh god they're so evil just please god
4: free us from them
20: <sighs> but yeah if a if a, uh, if a senior member's Sun Rape show, you're kind of shit out of luck. Yeah. All right. Ugh. We've talked a little Ugh. bit about...
0: Ugh. Oh, Sorry. my gosh.
9: Oh.
20: We talked a little bit about tithing. So let's hear about a minute and 15 seconds on um, their fiscal responsibility.
27: There's a time-honored practice in Christianity called tithing, or donating a set percentage of one's income each month to their place of worship. It's understood that that the money is supposed to go toward paying for building, maintenance, and staff salaries, as most churches are not income-earning organizations. Many Hillsong church congregants tithe, which helped the organization's U.S. branches amass a huge fortune. According to the New York Post, Hillsong East Coast raked in $12.7 million in 2019, of which nearly 90 percent came from tithing. And because Hillsong is a religious organization, it doesn't have to pay taxes on any of it. Not only that, but Hillsong higher-ups in New York and Los Angeles apparently spent much of that money freely and on themselves. Ex-staffers told The Post that collected church money was added onto reloadable debit cards to use for expenses, however they chose to define them. Former Hillsong LA pastor Nicole Herman said, "...we had a team count the tithes after every service and they would allocate X amount of money for the cards." Volunteers and pastors alike got handed cards, which the latter used for lavish restaurant meals, expensive clothes, vehicles, high-rent apartments, manicures, catering, designer handbags, and fancy hotel stays. After Carl Lentz's adultery-related dismissal from Hillsong in 2020, the organization started an internal investigation into Lentz's Hillsong East Coast, where ex-congregant Jenna Babbitt admitted that no expenses were ever reconciled.
20: Ever reconciled. Yeah. The whole, like, reloadable gift card scheme seems a little sketch. Yeah.
19: <laughs> you say that again. <laughs> while we're on the com- – can we take a tithe break while we're on the tithing topic? Sure. Who w- would have thought that all you had to do was talk about tithing and you get tithes in? Should have done this a long time ago. <laughs> uh, Sorry. Let's do take- take a moment here
5: thanks for being at lakewood today it's going to be a great summer for you and your family and we're blessed to have you in person and online well we'll take a moment to receive our ties and our offerings
19: yeah so uh we got some more boosts coming in and a paypal donation that i uh oh neglected holy moly um brother seat sitter oh my god uh, yeah, here we go! Wow, so they're really they're pouring in like I've never seen before. So uh, just you just have to have a little faith in the Lord, I guess. Uh, also, uh, Sir Scandinavian, before I get to the booth, Sir, Canana- sir-, sir Scandinavian, Sir aka Paul, coming in with three thirty-three thirty-three again, like it did last show, thirty-three dollars and thirty-three cents. That helps so much to pay for web costs and everything. So thank you, Sir. Big, big old. Oh, I didn't have the clip queued up.
20: As we convert more
19: and oh, more. Oh, I, I like money. <laughs> yeah, I like money though. Oh, should I get the piano going again? I guess I could have. Yeah,
20: get the piano going,
19: <clears throat> or maybe uh, you know what? Maybe organ be better. I think it's. I think it's. I think this deserves church organs. All right, here we go. <laughs>
6: mm, here we go. Yeah,
10: brothers and sisters, <clears throat>
20: as we those... convert more and more followers. <laughs> To the abs in a 6 pack mission. Praise
19: him!
20: Our costs go up in in, in, uh, in recompense. More people listen to the stream, the more it costs them on the stream. And your contributions mean so much to the work of, of Sir Sir Seat City and all his fine guests. Why don't you read them boost, Brother Sith?
19: Yes, as the... As the donations go up, the sins go down. You can buy your way out of damnation with just a little bit of boostification. Amen. Uh, yeah, so coming in with 8,799 sats, Carolyn of Hog Story. Friends, take my sats. This is being paid through shitmyass.com.
23: Hallelujah.
19: Yeah. That's what I'm talking about right there. Found kind of the right video. Yeah. <laughs> All
9: right,
19: and then, uh, <laughs> and then uh, coming in again uh, with another Carolyn boost for eight thousand eight hundred and eighty-eight sats. Or eight hey, eight my favorite number. I think she knew somehow. Friends, take my sats. This is being paid through shitmyass.com again. Same note. Ow. And then six thousand nine hundred sats. Six thousand nine hundred sats from Bully Steve. More PBS. <laughs> And some stuff I can't read. Winning in its insincerity. Mm-mm-mm. And then Cotton Gin coming in with six thousand six hundred cents. A little Saint yeah, Nicholas, okay? Cotton Gin it says,
16: "Praise Mega Jesus." Mm. Amen. Amen. Today we're going to talk about something pretty fun, kind of boring. Church. And
10: then uh, coming in after that, we got. Eight thousand eight hundred sats from NetNet
19: with my pledge of ten thousand sats put me on a layaway plan for toe oil. My toes are fine now, but you never know. <laughs> thank you, NetNet. Amen, NetNet. And then NetNet coming you in with nine hundred. Paying for your future toes. Sats. I guess that's his toe toe oil uh, layaway plan. Yeah, that's uh, that catches us up. Thank you, everyone. Genuine thank you. Uh, I love seeing those boosts come through. I think this is the most boosted show by a long shot. Piper brings in the number. And be sure uh, to tune into the two-hour folk hour every Sunday morning on the No Agenda Stream. Right. Same No Agenda Stream time, same No Agenda Stream channel every week before the rock and roll pre-show. All right, that got 10, us 10-9 central. Damn, yep. that was—I right. was feeling the spirit with that. This is—I got to bookmark this fucking video. <laughs> <All right. laughs> um, yeah. All right, we're, we're all got a caught few up more here. More on Hillsong. Hillsong, yeah. yeah.
20: And keep going there. Yeah. You mentioned like the whole LGBT thing. So this one kind of covers that.
27: Though times seem to be changing, traditionally and historically, some Christian churches have taken a hard stance against homosexuality, citing biblical texts as proof that same-sex relationships are a sin. In 2014, Hillsong Church founder Brian Houston recognized that in a changing world, his outlook as a pastor would have to change. Houston cited the problem of young, LGBTQ-identifying Christians developing depression or suicidal ideation, quote, because they feel that the church rejected them. Still, he declined to take a public stance for or against same-sex marriage, saying, "...we feel at this point that it is an ongoing conversation." In 2015, after two gay choir members at Hillsong's New York branch got engaged, Houston released a statement condemning the idea, saying, "...Hillsong's position on homosexuality and gay marriage has not changed and is consistent with Scripture. Four years later, Chris Pratt briefly mentioned that he attends a church, later to be revealed as Hillsong on the Late Show with Stephen Colbert.
1: It's a 21 day fast. That's kind of a lot of people are doing it. I I did it through my church. It's based on Daniel. uh, The book of Daniel? The book of Daniel. The prophet? The prophet Daniel Daniel from the book of, yeah, from the Old Testament.
27: Elliot Page called out Pratt on Twitter. He wrote, If you are a famous actor and you belong to an organization that hates a certain group of people, don't be surprised if someone simply wonders why it's not addressed. Being anti-LGBTQ is wrong. There aren't two sides. Pratt replied on Instagram, It has recently been suggested that I belong to a church which hates a certain group of people and is infamously anti-LGBTQ. Nothing could be further from the truth.
20: (laughs) So he soft-pedaled it.
19: Yeah, that's, uh... (laughs) I don't have any, I don't have that many, um, homo related, um, uh, drops. But yeah, I'm thinking, actually, wait a minute. Oh, never mind. Yeah.
11: Why you keep trying to read that word? You a fag.
19: What is, I, I don't want to get into your, uh, necessarily your personal opinion, but don't you find it strange that the culture has shifted that much in just my lifetime? I mean, I'm from the time from me being. Probably twelve to, you know, the last fifteen years, it's been. I it would be unheard of in my lifetime hearing a church even endorse uh, any kind of uh, right acceptance of gays.
20: Yeah, it's, it does seem like it was a "don't ask, don't tell" kind of thing for a long time.
19: Yeah. I mean, and, I, and like I've a, known a lot of a, closeted... Uh, there's a lot of ministers of music, especially in the churches I've been to, where you <laughs> you, 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 you get a pretty good idea of which uh, team they're batting for. But uh, Right. And uh, it, here's the one I, I was looking for. This is this is the one.
11: Oh, by the way, I don't think they like being called fags anymore. I think nowadays they
4: prefer homos.
19: <laughs>
20: uh, okay. I have a, a cousin... Who originally he was gonna go to um, be a priest. He was gonna be a Catholic priest. And then he got real with himself and he just got, he just married his husband a couple months ago. So,
19: oh, yeah. Many such cases.
20: But the one thing that really, when I was looking into uh, criticisms of Hillsong, basically, is, you know, half the people think they're not accepting enough. And then half the people think that like they're way too soft. On on homosexuality, mm, yeah. based on because and these are the 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 traditional biblical traditionalist nerds, basically. You know they've got their King James version and they're looking at, but it says here, yeah. Not not to mention the book contradicts itself on many occasions. But.
19: Yeah, and the the like most of the anti gay people, the most anti gay people, half of them end up being closeted gays, anyways, because it's the best. <laughs> I guess that's like a good camouflage. If you're anti-gay, nobody's going to suspect you as being gay. But the trope is so tired now that you kind of come to expect it. But there's also most of those people that are super anti-gay are probably uh, frequent porn viewers and masturbators. And some of them maybe even adulterers. Because if you lust, if you even look at a woman with lust in your eye, it's like uh, committing adultery according to the Ten Commandments. Right. So it's uh, right, it's right. a lot of hypocrisy. Um, I get both sides of it, like living in – there's the – I don't know. Uh, I guess I don't – like I'm not involved in the church enough anymore to even give a shit what anybody's doing. <laughs> so.
20: Yeah, I've, I haven't have kept up with the current events as much myself. But I, uh, I do know like a, a lot of – churches want to be seen as welcoming these days. Mm-hmm. Um,
19: and and they should be welcoming because one- Jesus was welcoming of uh- – Prostitutes and even worse tax collectors, which are worse than murders and rapists combined.
20: But, like I think, kind of what you're saying, what you were kind of going back to what you were saying earlier, is that they seem to be rolling out the red carpet now, like they're flying rainbow flags and things like that. Mm -hmm. Um, And yeah, that's that's that is a change. I think that's overall probably
19: a good thing. Although I understand why the traditionalist Christians are a little freaked out about it.
20: Right, and that's kind of how you can tell which ones are the traditionalist ones, because the ones that don't do that stuff, mm-hmm. like they're not like actively out, you know, on the street with signs saying homosexuality is sin, like that dude from Kansas.
19: Well, and gay people have money they can tithe too. I think is something that it oh, took yeah. them a while to realize. <laughs> in fact, typically they have and a you really want them in the choir, living, yeah, yeah, and you need them for choir, yeah, yeah. We can't all be the black church. We need some gays in the choir because there's. It, the black choirs are the best, but the gay choirs are definitely the second best sounding ones for sure.
20: But yeah, it was kind of odd watching these videos and, and just how divided they were. It was like not accepting enough or like they're just way out in left field like accepting. Mm-hmm. So.
26: Uh, anyway, you got any more on
20: Hillsong? What, yeah, I've got a couple more. Really? Um, this is one uh, where they say they're not getting into politics, but...
27: According to news site Crikey.com, Hillsong Church has historically and emphatically denied and downplayed any sort of political involvement, at one point bluntly stating on its official website that it doesn't contribute money to any political party, candidate, or cause. The actions and records of the church, however, paint a different picture. Two months before the 2007 statewide elections in Australia's New South Wales, Hillsong donated $600 to the campaign of Labour Party Member of Parliament Christina Keneally. That figure appeared in Electoral Commission disclosures, indicating that the money came from tickets Hillsong purchased for a Keneally fundraiser. At the time of the donation, Hillsong had just purchased a parcel of land in Keneally's district, where it planned to build a 2,700-seat church and a seven-story office building. would you imagine that? What the
10: heck's going on around here?
27: Yeah.
20: <laughs> <laughs> So, uh, they might have gotten a little bit of politics if it if it kind of helped a little real estate deal, maybe a zoning issue.
19: Oh yeah, you got to grease a couple palms, or I guess in this case of a church, it'd be grease a couple psalms. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
20: yeah. Then uh, we got a where they t- uh, I'm just I've got one where they were targeting former members that that were c- trying to like kind of expose how badly run it was um that's kind of boring though i've got a good one here though
13: so you're saying you you don't have cancer
28: to the best of my knowledge
22: no i don't i've never had um a doctor hasn't diagnosed me with cancer no
27: According to the UK tabloid The Daily Mail, Michael Googliomucci performed with the Hillsong United Musical (laughs) 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 Ministry in the two thousands. His original song Healer was (laughs) written about how Faith helped him cope with Michael (laughs) Googliomucci? According to the UK tabloid The Daily Mail, Michael Googliomucci performed with the Hillsong (laughs) United (laughs) Musical (laughs) Ministry in the two thousands. His original song Healer was written about how Faith helped him cope with leukemia. According to Vanity Fair, Guglielmucci's cancer was very much a part of his story. He performed with an oxygen tube in his nose and accepted donations to help pay for his costly medical treatments. As it turns out, Mucci didn't actually have cancer at all. He had a 16-year addiction to pornography, and pretending to have leukemia was an elaborate misguided attempt to cover it up. After the New York Post exposed his lie in 2008, Guglielmucci released a statement claiming that while he didn't really have cancer, he'd been made physically ill by a steady diet of smut. As a result of the secret life of sin, my body would often break down. I'd report the cause of my symptoms simply as illnesses, and I'd thrown my life into a ministry for many years trying to compensate for my sin. According to Australia's ABC, the singer's father, Daniel Gugliamuchi, read an admission (laughs) of guilt from his son and suggested that anybody who donated to the cancer treatment fund could receive a refund. So
19: you're telling me that a guy named Gugliamuchi was addicted to Googling coochie? (laughs) I was going to say,
16: great
20: googly moochie. Yeah.
19: I guess Googling coochies is like a stretch, but still he was Googling pictures of Coochie, so
20: And I've got about a minute here about them violating COVID stuff in Sydney, which of course was really strict.
19: Mm-mm. Can't do that. That's the worst sin. Violating mask laws.
20: And James River actually did the same thing in December of 2020 when things were still like, you're, you're going to kill your grandma. They had their big Christmas extravaganza, which I've actually been to before, and it is wild. Of course, I was on about 20 mil- milligrams of edibles.
19: There you go. <laughs> I'm not going to a mega church if I'm not rolling. Last time I went to Winter Jam, I was on edibles, dude, and they, that, I got some stories about that. That is fucking wild what they do there. But yeah,
27: run it.
20: Uh, that's pretty much all. Oh, you want to want me to run it? The COVID?
19: Yeah, unless you had more setup, yeah.
27: With That's a drastic it. uptick in confirmed COVID-19 infections in the Australia state of New South Wales in January 2022, local health officials instituted restrictions to curb the spread of the potentially fatal virus. According to Australia's 7 News, singing and dancing at both indoor and outdoor festivals were forbidden. Organizers of Grapevine Gathering, a massive wine and concert festival, canceled, but Hillsong Church went ahead with a four-day summer camp for young people in Newcastle. Videos of that gathering hit the internet, and they categorically featured unmasked celebrants singing and dancing to a Christian rock concert. NSW Health ordered Hillsong to ban singing and dancing. Health Minister Brad Hazard said, "...this event is clearly in breach of both the spirit and intent of the order, which is in place to help keep the community safe." Hillsong said in a statement that it was holding a summer camp and not a music festival, claiming adherence to COVID protocols, and that what it was doing was advisable under a loophole on the law that exempted religious gatherings. Mm-hmm. NSW police ultimately decided against levying fines or punishment at Hillsong.
20: So they got away with it, which is fine. As None of us of give a shit.
19: Yeah, fuck it. No harm, no foul. Cotton Gin says in the chat, his church had an openly gay minister, which I find to be fascinating because that ship still wouldn't fly in any church or anywhere around here as far as I know. They just now started letting gay people into the doors.
20: (laughs) (laughs) With like Baptist and Methodist, I don't know if – I don't think they allow gay clergy, uh, openly gay clergy. I don't know. Oh, I I sat
19: through whole long sermons uh, at the – freshman year at calvary baptist about how if you listen to an acdc song or metallica song you're going to hell and this was in the 2000s so they were very behind on their. it's like guys there's way more satan satanic bands than that now you guys (laughs) amateur hour over uh but the the covid requirements kind of led me into two different clips i think we could do um oh god where's it um yeah this is a pastor banning masks in his church
26: well, speaking of masks,
29: a pastor in Tennessee is threatening to kick out members of his congregation.
19: This guy is like right down the road, <laughs> and this guy's awesome. <laughs> he's not a—you can't call it a megachurch, but I'd say he's probably got like a thousand members maybe or a little close to that. hes It's the uh, Patriot—I think it's the Patriot Church, and it's a MAGA church pretty
29: much. <laughs> If they show up wearing masks, this comes as a surge of COVID-19 cases rise due to that Delta variant that we told you about. Pastor Greg Locke has been outspoken about the pandemic, calling it a hoax and (laughs) saying that it's only grown his congregation. Well, last Sunday, the pastor made the announcement while delivering his sermon.
17: (laughs) Don't believe this Delta variant nonsense. No, stop it. Stop it. Stop it. I know right-wing watch watching. I don't care. If they go through round two and you start showing up all these masks and all this nonsense, I'll ask you to leave. I will ask you to leave. I am not playing these Democrat games up in this church. If you want to social distance, go to First Baptist Church, but don't come to this one. I'm done with it. I said I'm done with it.
29: The church will now be adding mask-free zone signs. Amid a nationwide surge in COVID-19
19: cases. I love that. <laughs> that was- if you want to social distance, you go to First Baptist Church. You don't do it at this one. <laughs> awesome.
20: That's the first time I've heard a mass grant like that that didn't involve somebody getting escorted out.
19: <laughs> uh, yeah, and then, okay, so no, this was the... And
20: I can see the green walls, like, with the stage from here. <laughs> yeah. When you said Maga Church, it was like green walls, couple tapestries, stage.
19: I'm trying to look, I thought I... Oh, man. Oh, here we go. Okay, yeah. I have a... Uh, yeah, here we go. This is a Mega Church ad here.
9: The,
29: the first Christian churches were mostly small, quiet gatherings of ethnically and culturally diverse believers committed to loving their God and their neighbors. Even when those same neighbors might persecute them for their beliefs. But they were a bunch of dumb idiots. That was 2,000 years ago, and it's time for American megachurches to put the sex back in religious sectionalism. My name is Brother Roger Horton, and I'm an elder at the Holy Non Denominational Happy Jesus House, a hundred foot tall metal idol to capitalism and I guess, Jesus, our doors are open to everybody, as long as there's not an ongoing national emergency. Speaking of, this ain't your grandma's church, largely because we refuse to mask up during pandemics. So your grandma would literally die here. Uh,
19: (laughs) This is from a YouTube channel called Honest Ads, and it's definitely got a leftist, pro-statist bent to it. But there is some funny stuff in here if you want to listen to a little bit more of that. Uh, I don't know, did you you happen to come across this? This was one of the first YouTube results when I I was looking up megachurches. Nope, I didn't see it. Okay, I'll play a little bit more. It's kind of interesting.
29: So your grandma would literally die here. And speaking of old boring crap I wish would die, unlike other churches, we promise to never adhere to things like long-standing traditions or centuries of theological vetting we'll just sort of do whatever sounds probably Christian.
1: Today's reading is from Second Amendment.
29: Our entirely untrained (laughs) leader overseeing the personal lives of thousands is either 35 years old or doing his best to look like he's 35 years old. (laughs) With fly-ass shoes so expensive, selling them could house and feed a family for a year. And I know what you're thinking. But we're doing everything we can to ensure his patterns of abuse and assholery won't come to light for at least a decade. If we're lucky, he'll be dead long before anybody learns about those massages with blessed endings.
14: All God wants is for me, personally, to be happy. And besides, I'm technically married, straight, and a man, which fulfills literally all of the requirements for this position. I mean, can you imagine if I was...
29: Before and after a little talk, you'll immediately forget the point of, you're going to love our rock band. Oh, sorry, praise team. Fronted by failed musicians, all of our music is inspired by Love, God, and U2's Joshua Tree. And don't worry about not knowing the words. There are only about 11 per song. And we'll sing them over and over and over again until
17: they feel profound.
1: Jesus, your love is like water.
17: Love is like water. Love is like water. And maybe a
29: tree. And if by some divine miracle you still can't figure out the lyrics, we'll display them at all times on billion-megawatt projector screens, overlaid with the image of a torture device ancient Romans used to kill criminals. (coughs) And now, here's some stock footage of racially diverse people singing and clapping, because we want you to believe that our church might have an Asian guy in it somewhere. Which means, if you visit, you're basically a missionary. And all we ask in return is 10% of any money you make minimum before taxes so we can purchase personal jets and contribute to political campaigns that promise to keep us from ever shouldering any tax burden whatsoever. Even if you don't give us any money directly, we're still pretty much getting it. Truly, everything we do is inspired by the intentionally homeless, apolitical friend of prostitutes who told the religious leaders of his day to pay their taxes? That can't be
1: right. By the power of God's kid and planting people in the audience, I declare you healed.
30: Wow, I'm healed from my non-specific illness.
29: So come on down today and say you love Jesus or something, and we'll proclaim you saved from, I don't know, not having enough money. To be honest, the super old book we claim guides the entirety of our lives is really long, and who has time to read when we're so busy writing our own books about how God wants us to touch tongues. All new visitors receive a custom tote bag full of branded goodies and a DVD of a movie we made for $17. <laughs> it goes
19: on, but <laughs> uh, That's probably good, yeah. overall pretty accurate, yeah. Um, the the rampant commercialism, they, they covered the rampant commercialism, the uh, prosperity gospel, the <laughs> overpriced merchandise, and the sex scandals and general general assholery they they kind of wrapped it all into one package there. Uh, it Packers. was kind of annoying that they they buried the lead and started off with "Oh, your grandma will die if she goes to our church because we discourage mask wearing." It's like okay, well, um, but you know, this is going
20: to sound so silly in two years.
19: Yeah, <laughs> uh, yeah. That's uh, I don't know. Maybe I can cram one more shorty in before i pass the ball back to you i'm really excited to get oh to i don't jim have a, i don't
20: have a ball to get back so
19: oh okay. that's all my stuff oh yeah. okay well then i'll just i'll just plow through because i have i'm yep. so excited to get to jim baker but i think i'm gonna <laughs> i'm gonna save that let's see what uh i'll give you a, it's a dealer's choice here i want to talk about planes okay i have some planes. you clubs. got Duplantis with planes yes i do um I don't have I did I forgot to clip somehow the really long Kenneth Copeland interview where he's like that's the Lord's plane and his eyes are all kind of slit like lizard people and he's <laughs> yelling at that reporter pointing at her. Don't you ever say that. I never said that. Yeah, you that's one of those things though that you have to get the visual with it. The audio doesn't do it justice. But I'm assuming right. most people listening have seen that. But if you haven't, look up Kenneth Copeland plane interview or something. It's like Bad shit, dude. That guy, I think, is demon possessed, and that's not even a joke. I think there's something really wrong with Kenneth Copeland. But, uh, fuck okay, it. Yeah, let's, uh, let's, okay, let me, let me just jump into this here. I'll start with Kenneth Copeland. It'll lead us into the Copeland and Duplantis talking about uh, why private jets are necessary for them to talk to God. That's right.
0: You need help feeding your babies, God bless your darling heart, then you ought to be helped. But I'm going to tell you something. You need to be tithing off that help. <laughs> That's your increase. You need to be tithing that. Oh, well, dear Lord, Brother Copeland, I'm in poverty now. I know it. I'm telling you how to get out. That's the gospel. I don't care if you ain't got but two nickels. Give him the first one. Oh, yeah. For he has anointed me to do what? Preach the gospel to the poor. That's what the poor must hear. And in the gospel, giving is at the heart of breaking the curse of poverty. Oh, yeah.
19: (laughs) Oh, yeah. (laughs) I love that. I don't (laughs) care if you don't got but two nickels to rub rub together. That first one belongs to him. That's right. Holy shit. 50% tithe now. Yeah, um, so I I watched this mini documentary by a guy named Shit. What is this guy's name? Um, I want to give him credit because it was really good. It's called "The Dark World of Mega Churches." Huh. Uh. Oh man. I know it's somewhere. Well, I'm sure I'll think. I'll, I'm sure I'll find it at some point. Um. Right on the uh. There's a guy named whatever. I'll I'll find it at some point. Apparently, that bums me out though because I I did want to give this guy a shout out because he did a really good job with this little documentary on YouTube. But it's uh it's called the Dark World of Mega Churches and he gets deep into uh, prosperity gospel and all that good stuff. Oh, right, so yeah. um, I'll, this is uh, a concept called sowing the seed for harvest. It's taken from that documentary.
28: These prosperity preachers refer to it as sowing your seed. The implication is pretty obvious to anyone who is watching no you give us some of your money and in return that value will be given back to you in some way shape or form it's the harvest
23: i want you to go to the phone or online and sow a seed now remember
14: somebody's son is going to be set free from
10: alcohol
11: because of your thousand dollar seed and i'm
14: going to ask you to sow an exceptional and
15: uncommon
13: seed of $1,000. To click on that donation button just sow $1,144. So God
2: is giving you the harvest and the harvest of the seed you've sown. You can't expect a harvest if you don't sow seed, spiritual, physical, or financial.
28: It's surreal and it generates a lot of money. On January the 12th of 2008, Kenneth Copeland Ministries took possession of a Gulfstream jet, which was funded all thanks to the donors of his church. In fact, KCM wrote a blog post thanking their followers for helping them, quote, harvest the Gulfstream. But our work is not done to which the blog then proceeds to remind their followers that they still need 17 million more dollars, which will be used for the quote, sewing towards the construction of a new hangar, upgrading the existing runway and purchasing special Gulfstream maintenance equipment. Or how about Creflo Dollar's infamous sermon to which he tells his congregation to help him fundraise towards a private jet, all to the response of cheers and applause from the audience.
1: If I wanna believe
10: God for a $65 million plane, you cannot stop me, you
1: cannot (laughs) stop me from dreaming.
28: See, Copeland and Dollar's pleas for money, they're not met with criticism and backlash from their congregation. It's celebrated. And prosperity preachers will obviously say that this aids in their quest to spread their message across to different countries.
0: If I flew commercial, I'd have to stop 65% of what I'm doing.
28: Conveniently, that message obviously allows them to make even more in donations. But these preachers, they don't just live lavish, right? They, they put it on full display.
13: You think Jesus Christ would roll around in a Rolls Royce?
14: Uh, I think he would, and let's get a close up. Of Gloria's ring.
26: Where am I looking? Right here. Um,
14: you fly in a private plane. Yes, I You're do. You're staying right now in one of the fanciest hotels in New yes, York City. Yes, I am. You wear nice, gloves. very nice clothing. So. Money!
28: Money! The wealth of these preachers—they're not seen as gross or hypocritical. In fact. They're seen of proof that the teachings work. It's seen as them actually practicing what they preach, the extravagant lifestyle. That's not a mistake or a flaw. It's a feature of the prosperity gospel.
19: That was, I did find the name of that. That's uh, James Yanni, I'm assuming is how it's pronounced. James J-A-N-I on YouTube. And uh, I'll put this in the show notes because it's worth the walk. It's like a half hour thing. It's, it's a, it's very good, very well, very well done. A lot of good stuff in there, and I love that that guy is the, that Black Pastor's last name is Dollars. <laughs> yeah. That's just—I mean, you can't even be. I, mad I was wondering about
20: if it. I heard that right. It's, it's like, um, yeah.
19: what's the guy? He he was the one that asked for sixty-five million dollars for a jet when he was on TV. Uh, dollars, Pastor. Yeah, let's Google. I cannot. I can never remember his first name. Creflo Dollars. C R E F L O Dollar. Creplo Dollar. <laughs> That's what name.
20: a great name for a preacher.
19: Yeah, he changed it when he got rich, I think. Uh, okay. uh, but yeah, it's it's great, and uh, yeah, that brings us to the uh, <laughs> that brings us to the planes. This stuff is great. This is Kenneth Copeland and Jesse Duplantis explaining why private jets are necessary for them to talk to God. It's a two parter here.
2: God in the plane that God so graciously gave us. Mm-hmm. We're flying home. As I was going home, the Lord real quickly he said, Jesse, do you like your plane? Now, you know, I thought that's an odd statement. He gave I said, Well, certainly, Lord. He said, Do you really like it? And I thought, Well, yes, Lord. He said, Then he said this, so that's it? I didn't know how to handle that for me. I went, What? He said, You're gonna let your faith stagnate? Now when he said that, that shocked me. I went, Whoa, wait. I literally unbuckled my seatbelt, my plane, I stood up. My pilots looked at me and said, Do you need something? I said, No, no, I'm talking to God right now. He
0: went back to flying. You couldn't have done that on an airliner. No, sir. No way. Stand up and say, what would you say, Lord? No. Okay, no, yeah. And the guy sitting over there saying, what the hell does he think he's doing? <laughs> you can't do you that. You can't do that. No, no. The world is in such a shape, we can't get there without this. That's We've right. We've got to have this. We would have, the mess that the airlines are in today, I would have to stop. I'm being very conservative at least 75 to 80 more like 90% of what we're doing cuz you can't get there
2: and from
19: here it's impossible it's impossible you can't you can't do the ministry without a private jet and you can't and the reason you can't do it is because otherwise you can't stand up and say what'd you say lord cuz if you're on a regular plane people look at you and go what the hell are you doing that logic is incredible i love it
20: and regular planes don't have that circle bed in the back
19: yeah <laughs> When
0: I was flying for Oral Roberts, now Oral used to fly airlines, right. But it even back mm-hmm. there then, man, mm-hmm. it, it got to the place where it was agitating his spirit, sure. people coming up to him, he right. had become famous and they want him to pray for him and right. all that. You you can't you, you can't manage that today. Right. The, this dope filled world right. and get in an air get in a long tube with a bunch of demons. Right. That's exactly the And point. It, it's deadly. And and it works on your heart, it really does so anyway I I wanted to make that clear so the devil can't lie to you and say see there them preachers spending all that money just just fat cats riding around
19: dude Kenneth Copeland is I'm convinced Kenneth Copeland is demon possessed and I am basing that partly on his looks and the fact that his eyes are like slits like lizards but um yeah
20: I'm not convinced that these people aren't all
19: CIA oh you think they're ops
20: yeah, and just the way that these these, uh, well, maybe not then, but certainly like more now. But how their their services are all very MK ish in the way that they affect yeah.
19: you. I don't. I'm not yeah. disagreeing. It's something I hadn't considered. I'm open to it. I would and, say there's. I'd say there's for sure some of them are informants or. Um, because there's so much shady stuff going on, all they have to do to flip somebody is to say, "Look, we can put you away, like we did Jim Baker, or you can mm-hmm. play ball." And they
20: all have like a, uh, a, a an amount of influence, at least, over a huge number of people.
19: Yeah, that's true. Yeah, even Jim Baker does. It's like that guy, they, <laughs> and uh, and all kinds. There's all kinds of people that have been. Oh man, I got. Have you heard of uh? What the fuck, Popoff? Peter Popoff?
20: Nope, didn't come across my oh,
19: Okay, yeah, he's he's a good one. Uh, yeah, I'll get to him next. Uh, but let's do a palate cleanser first. Okay. This is a, a based, just small time pastor calling out these big baller pastors for the assholes they are.
7: What is that, brother? For they that are such uh-huh. serve not our Lord Jesus Christ, but who? But their own belly. Jake the Snake, Long the Midget. <laughs> Dollar
0: the rich pimp, all these folk. Old line float through Joel Osteen, old sorry Paula White, old knuckle dragon looking Joyce Meyer, all of them ain't serving God, they serving their own belly. Yes, sir. Carton pills and all the rest of them. Yes, sir. Earl Pope Mohammed, all of them they ain't serving on our God, they serve their own belly.
7: Yes, sir.
0: Listen. And by good word And by
16: good word.
19: They ain't serving our God. They're serving their own bellies. <laughs> I love that. Um, all right, I'll give you because I'm I'm gonna save Jim Baker for last. But I think I can plow through it, and it's gonna be worth waiting for the last to Jim, for Jim Baker because I have a whole sure. fucking presentation on that guy. That guy, <laughs> that guy was the Pablo Escobar of televangelism for sure. That, I mean, it, I couldn't believe what I was finding on him going into that because I had always seen. Jim Baker's buckets, like the survival food he's selling. And sure, I knew he yeah, was in yeah. prison for something for a while, but I didn't realize that he was the king of the seventies and eighties on just raking in the cash and just you know, had more money than the Pope, pretty much. But uh, I gotta we'll be come...
20: careful. He's just a couple of counties away from me. So
19: Jim Baker? Yeah. <laughs> yeah that's right. Uh um, were you
20: done with did was that all you had?
19: That's all I had on the uh, planes. That's all I had on the planes, I think. I might have some other I'm sure all it'll right, come I got up one again. More. Okay, yeah, hit me.
2: And I want you to see this if we can, Caleb. Get it back. This is the very first plane that I purchased for the Lord back in December 1994. And I, I, I said where I began. And then the second one I, I purchased was in January 2004, where I used to be. The one I'm flying right now, and I've been with, it's been with me 12 years, I purchased it in January 2006, where I am. So think about this. All these. This was paid cash. This was paid cash. This was paid cash. And the new one's going to be paid cash also. Now, let me make this announcement so everybody can understand it. I don't own the plane. This belongs to the ministry. If Jesus tarries and I go by the way of the grave, the next person that's going to take this ministry will use that. Just like we use all the different things that are happening in our ministry today. I really believe that if Jesus was physically on the earth today, he wouldn't be riding a donkey.
19: (laughs) Is that the same one where he's pointing at the pictures on the wall? Yeah. Oh, dude, he gets he gives up to all these planes, and he's like, "And this is what I'm gonna be riding in soon. It's the Starship Enterprise." And You're like, "What the <laughs> fuck?" And he has a picture of the Starship Enterprise from Star Trek on the wall. was not that Jesse Duplantis? Yeah, bro, that shit's wild. <laughs> Bring yeah. on the nukes. That's what I say. We're ready. We're overdue for fucking nukes.
20: But that's- he, uh, of course, he mentions he has he's had three planes. <laughs> so I'm 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 assuming they just got progressively bigger and nicer.
19: Mm-hmm.
20: I mean that. You know.
19: You think Jesus would be riding well, a donkey? Letter <laughs> just
20: tore the shit out of him. But yeah, so that's the... Okay, so let's have a let's have a fun little uh, thought experiment here. Mm-hmm. Okay, do you... Actually, for, let's just make it a two-part question. Do you agree with Jesse Duplantis that Jesus would not be riding on a donkey? He'd have a PJ.
19: I think he might not be riding on a donkey, but I don't think he'd have a private jet. I think there's probably a middle ground in there.
20: All right, second part. What do you think... Jesus would be riding around
19: on. Well kind of like would you would he be wearing sandals or would he be wearing Yeezys? I feel like Jesus would be a Yeezys guy. I'm I mean he walked everywhere back in He's the He's some day, Air Jordans. So. But you know I think he'd be a Yeezy guy. Yeah, um I don't know what I feel like a moped, like a beat up moped would be Jesus' style. Like oh maybe, <laughs> maybe like a hmm. Yeah, I don't know. Something humble but something a little more efficient than right. a donkey. Maybe like a Ford Bronco
20: actually don't quite kind of don't know what like Jesse Duplantis was really trying to say here because a donkey was a humble form of transportation. Yeah. I mean, it's not like even back then donkeys were like the premier form of transportation. They had fucking chariots. They had horses. Mm, yeah. This is true. I mean, yeah. So. um, So, yeah, a donkey was basically better than walking, but not much.
19: In the morning, we make in waffles.
20: So when I think of a humble car, I think who are some of the most humble people I know, and what do they drive? Now, I think of a Honda Civic.
19: Yeah, and we yeah, do I can know see a couple Jesus people tr- that drive Honda cruising Civics. around in a Civic before he gets a private jet. That's for sure.
20: I know. I think Carolyn drives a Civic, and you know, when I think of humble people, I think of Carolyn and Jesus, <laughs> and Booberry, I think he's got a Civic too. <laughs>
19: Yeah, my parents had a Civic back in the day, if I remember right. I had a Honda Ridge line. Shit was not great on gas, but Woo. it got me to four hundred thousand miles. That's cool. Um
20: and you can fit like two coolers in the back too.
19: Hell yeah. Uh well, I was whatever, I'll come back to that. Uh okay, so do you want to hear about Benny Hinn or do you want to hear about Peter Popoff? Hmm.
20: Eh, let's go with Benny Hinn.
19: Benny Hinn? All right, here we go.
28: Benny Hinn. Hinn is probably most well-known for what he calls his miracle crusades. Hinn claims to be able to perform miracles. He'll bring people to the stage with all sorts of illnesses, and then with the touch of his hand, they will feel God's power running through them as they fall back, and these catchers will catch them as they fall.
7: You had Parkinson's for... 15 years. He says, oh, thanks for that awning. Who are you?
28: People in the audience will cheer. There are others who are stood there in awe with their hands raised in worship. And Benny Hinn isn't the only one that does this, right? This is a really common practice amongst the prosperity gospel circles. Glory to
0: God, you're not bound to this chair. The day will come, you'll walk out of it in the name of Jesus.
28: What is it that we're really seeing here? Is this an actual miracle? I would know that there were certain things that were completely deceptive. Kosti Hinn is the nephew of Benny Hinn and he's worked with his family, sometimes as a catcher himself. In 2017, Costi Hinn came forward with a testimony of his time spent in Benny Hinn's ministry.
19: The responsibility is to look really good, look really blessed, sell the narrative,
20: make all the money and say, look at my life. If you give to this, if
28: you follow it, if you obey it, and if you do what I say, God will do it for you too. He described the lifestyle that he had whilst working with his family. We lived in a 10,000 square foot mansion guarded by a private gate, drove two Mercedes-Benz vehicles, vacationed in exotic destinations, and shopped at the most expensive stores. Kosti Hin really believed in what he was doing. You know, but he only had doubts when he started finding contradictions in what he was teaching and what he was finding in the Bible.
19: The footage of Benny Hinn is just absolute bonkers. He's, he'll touch a guy on <laughs> the forehead and the person will fly it backwards just, like, oh! <laughs> like, have you seen any of the, like, the faith healing stuff? That shit's wild.
20: Yeah, it almost looks like WWE. they are just like selling yeah. it. <laughs>
19: yeah, It's like hell in a cell, but it's heaven in a, I don't know. That was going to rhyme something. Let me try that again. It's like heaven in a cell. It's like hell in a cell, but it's like, oh, heavens, now you're well. (laughs) There we go.
20: There you go. Woo.
19: (laughs) Uh, Yeah, continuing on with Benny Hinn.
28: Grace Brula was 8 years old when she was featured on an episode of CBC's The 5th Estate in 2005, an episode that was specifically investigating Hinn's ministry.
14: If you could have a miracle, what would you want it to be? I cannot.
9: Just walk. Is
28: that what you want, Grace? Just to walk? just to walk. Grace's mother brings her daughter to one of Hinn's miracle crusades, and just as she's about to go to the stage, she's intercepted by what are called screeners who tell her to step aside. According to that documentary and an insider, the job of the screeners is to screen out the people that are severely sick and ill. There's the story of Justin Peters, who is an evangelist himself and was born with cerebral palsy. During the Fifth Estate's investigation into Hin's ministry, They attempt to get Peters to go on stage as well, and just like Grace, he is also intercepted by the screeners.
14: Our hidden camera shows Justin being stopped by a screener. Watch as Henry Hinn whispers something to her. Then
28: Justin is told to step aside. In another documentary from 2001, HBO were given full access to Hinn's events and were even allowed to follow several cases of supposed miracle healings. These are people that actually managed to get onto the stage and, and claim they'd been healed. In one instance, the crew follows a boy called Ashneel and his parents as they are desperate to have their child healed by one of Hinn's miracles.
19: This is really sad, uh, especially if you see the video aspect of it. It's this kid with multiple brain tumors and these Indian pa- immigrant parents bring, bring him this kid to Benny Bin- Hinn to have him healed. Uh, right. It's like, oh, We expecting miracle. Expecting America.
18: The Prakash family are recent immigrants to America. Ten-year-old Ashneel is their younger son. Two massive brain tumors have reduced him to a vegetative state.
15: We believe in God, we have faith, and there's nothing impossible for God.
28: Later in the documentary, Ashneel's parents actually attend the crusade and they're brought on stage to have their child healed by Hin himself. Hin gets the crowd to raise their hands and then he places his hands on Ashneel's face and says,
23: Expect the miracle. Dear Jesus, the Lord's gonna touch you, young boy.
28: Days after the event and Ashneel still wasn't healed.
16: It didn't happen. I was not even discouraged. I, I know it's God's plan.
15: You know, I can stake my life on Pastor Benihin's words. And God spoke to me last night at the at the Colosseum center where the crusade was going on and he said Donate him another two thousand dollars. <laughs> and
19: which I'm going to do it. I'm going to do that. That's
11: Oh man.
19: That's rough, dude. That is bad.
20: Oh man.
19: I mean that's that's a bummer right there. You take your Dying kid, ten year old kid. You get him faith healed by Benny Hinn, and he, and he does the, the healing doesn't you. work. Yeah. And your response isn't, "Oh, this guy's clearly a charlatan." It's like, I need to donate this guy another two thousand dollars.
9: <laughs>
20: uh, uh, oh, yeah, the guy was a uh, man. That's kind of hard to recover from when you lose both the kid and all your money. <laughs>
19: I know, just take one or the other, Lord, please.
18: And as I've watched your healing crusades...
19: Uh, this is a guy, uh, this, is, this is still from that um, James Yanni video, but this, is, gotcha. this, this clip starts with Benny Hinn being interviewed.
18: And as I've watched your healing crusades, am I seeing anything that goes beyond placebo? I've wondered why sometimes someone comes in
23: and comes out of a wheelchair... He walks around, runs around, and hours later, they're back in that wheelchair again.
19: So, Benny hidden right there is it? Maybe. I don't. Really, yeah, it's weird because uh, I'll heal somebody, or God will heal them, and then they're they're walking around, and then they're back in the wheelchair. It's because they have a combination of adrenaline and placebo, and just yep. the energy of the crowd around them. It's like you can you the. It's like how a mom can lift a car off a baby. If you know stuff like stories like that, you hear about. You can. You can make somebody uh, in a moment fight or flight, or does that make sense? So, oh, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So that it's, and then Benny Hinn is either plain dumb or seriously doesn't know why his healing only works for a short amount of time.
28: The problem is, however, that those who attend the event and whose problems and illnesses are not healed at the event or return after the event start to blame themselves that for some reason, God didn't want to heal them, that they didn't have enough faith. Remember Ashneel from the HBO documentary? HBO. Seven weeks after attending Hinn's miracle crusade, Expect the miracle. he passed away. Do you feel in any way that any Hin has let you down? No. no.
12: No.
18: Did you ever, in some of your worst moments, think that you must have done something wrong in the eyes of God to deserve this? Yes.
15: I know there's a generational curse. Maybe it originated from me or from my parents because that curse lasts for three or four generations.
3: Who taught you that?
15: I heard it from Pastor
19: Benny.
11: Unbelievable! You're a Christian now, dude. You don't <laughs> I
19: worry heard about it that from Pastor stuff. Benny. <laughs> oh, oh, sorry. What?
20: Oh, I, 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 I mistook that last one. I was saying. I thought he was, said he had a generational curse c- back from like the Hindu days. Well, he said he had Christian. a
19: generational curse that either him he caused or his parents caused. He's like, well, in the interviewer asked where would you hear that that you might have a curse, and he's like, oh, from Pastor Benny. So
9: Benny,
19: that's <laughs> like, oh man, I feel <laughs> that's just it's just it's pretty tragic. Um, but let's go to one that's a little more fun. Let's go to Peter Popoff. This guy is awesome. This is a long clip, so just pause it. Like, have me pause it at any moment. But this is uh, Banachek, the illusionist guy, or mentalist, whatever you call him. Uh, Mm -hmm. He was on Joe Rogan, and he was talking about when they first exposed Peter Popov. um, Writing for Hustler.
21: Yeah, writing for Hustler on Evangelist. He said, hey, do you want to come see this Evangelist with me? I'm like, yeah, sure, I'll come. (laughs) So went there, and um, there's about 10,000 people. It's downtown, big auditorium. He was in a huge auditorium, you know, all these people sitting around. And... uh, Popov comes out on stage. He starts saying he's getting the word of God. He's telling people their names, information about who their doctors are, what their ailments are. And he's, he starts healing people of cancer. He starts healing people of blindness, people walking again. And it was really, really emotional. Even for me, I had tears in my eyes. But I knew it was all bullshit. But I had tears You in my knew eye. it was bullshit and you oh, still I, were I, crying? I, it, you get this whole fucking, like, like when you see a little kid crying and running down the aisle. you Right. Know, You you want to get angry, but at the same time, it's like, it's just so emotional. It's just, you get caught up in this whole thing. Mm -hmm. You just do. So he asked for people to collect money. He's just asking random people to come up, grab a bucket, go collect money. I got down there. I remember I was like the 15th bucket. I got my bucket. I walk around. I get checks. I got probably about, I don't know how much, 10 grand, 20 grand. I don't know. You know what I've got. I mean money, first of all, getting money. Then you got to go, I think I'm done. He said, nope. Yeah, okay, once you guys to go back out and collect checks. So now we're going out getting checks in the bucket. What? Then it's like go out, get sealed offerings. And people are dropping envelopes in there with like watches, rings, and stuff like that. As I come back, I hand the bucket up to Popoff. And I look up and I notice that he's got a piece of plastic in his ear. I go back to Randy and I say, Randy, I said, look, either this man or God, God doesn't like him enough to heal him. And he's got a hearing aid or something else is going on. I don't know what, but something else is going on. And I think that's how he's getting information. And Randy's like, no, he's using mnemonics. Mnemonics are basically memory systems, all right? I u- I have to use a lot of mnemonics to memorize things because otherwise I have major issues. And I know a lot about mnemonics. You either memorize a lot of things about… A few things or you memorize a few things about a lot of things but you don't memorize a lot of things about a lot of things and he was memorizing a lot of things about a lot of things if that was the case I said I don't mm. think so so they went out uh, to the next pep- pop-off uh, congregation thing which was in San Francisco got a friend of ours uh, from uh, Alec Jason I think his name is uh, from uh, who's an electronics engineer and knows everything about electronics And he brought this little scanner And dressed up as a security guard hanging out in the back. And he was scared to death he was going to get caught. Nobody questioned him. He's there in a security outfit. And he scans all the frequencies ahead of time. And he blocks out every one of those frequencies that are known frequencies. The moment pop-off hits the stage, a brand new frequency pops up. (laughs) Mm. And turns out, I think it was uh, 37 point. I can tell you in just a second here. It was, uh, yeah, where was that? The frequency that he was on was, yeah, I thought it was right. Yeah, 39.7 megahertz. That's what God broadcasts on, and it sounds an awful lot like (laughs) Peter Popoff's wife. (laughs) So what we did was we taped all this and went to the Johnny Carson show. This is how long ago that was now on this night show with Johnny Carson.
19: So this guy would know, uh, Peter Popoff would know everything about everybody in the audience. I should have set that up a little better. He would know, their, you know what ails them, their address, their name, and everything. And he'd act like, he's like, God, is, I see angels around you, and, and God's telling me you got arthritis in your knee, or whatever. And it turns out the whole time it was just his wife had get, would get that information ahead of time and then would feed it into his earpiece. Hmm. And these uh, skeptics and magicians found that out and exposed Pop-Off on the Johnny Carson show. Um, Man, it's but, too
20: bad they didn't actually block the frequency like when yeah. he hit the stage so he couldn't get that information just <laughs> yeah. watch
19: him that would be great yeah jam his signal or give That's him right. false information yeah you'd have to have somebody that sounded like his wife though to pull that one off Um, yeah this is inside edition because Popoff kind of like Jim Baker Popoff made a huge comeback after he was disgraced and uh, as far as I know to this day is still doing stuff if he's still alive but this huh. is inside edition
31: Call him the prophet who profits. 20 years ago, Peter Popoff was a televangelist who just declared bankruptcy after his preaching methods were exposed as a fraud. Now our Inside Edition investigation reveals he's back. And as Matt Mahar reports, his style of living is better than ever.
17: Lord, let this anointing and power flow through our sister now. He claims he's a healer, that the power of God
31: flows through him and can cure whatever ails you. Brand new! The televangelist Peter Popoff, appearing on infomercials seen across the country, he claims he can perform miracles.
3: What happened to the pain?
31: It's gone. And Popoff doesn't just heal your body, he says he can heal your wallet, too. I'll never be broke another day in my life. <laughs> Say it again. But I'll this isn't the first time Popoff's been life. on television. <laughs> Two decades ago on The Tonight Show with Johnny Carson, Popoff was exposed as a fraud.
8: And we picked up something interesting.
31: But the first, expose was carried out by this man, well known skeptic James Randi. Sure. Popoff claimed oh, God please. spoke directly to him, and he seemed to know everything about the people attending his crusades, including their health problems.
17: Burning this run out of your body.
31: But Randy <laughs> took a scanner to some of Popoff's <laughs> crusades and picked up radio transmissions. Turns out the voice Popoff heard wasn't God's, but his wife's. I'm talking to you. Can you hear me? If you can't, you're in trouble. You see, Popoff's wife Elizabeth had previously gotten personal else. information from people in the audience and then fed it to her husband electronically
17: through a tiny earpiece. Jody Dean. Jody. 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 Jody.
13: Dean Jody Dean. No, she should be right there on your right side. Okay, she lives at four two six seven Masterson. Four two six seven
17: Masterson. I can see the angels of God all around your house. Yes. That's
4: disturbing. disturbing when you see
19: it. Johnny Carson. Johnny Carson's like that's disturbing. <laughs> Dude, that shit's wild though. That's a great scam. I need to run some of these scams. That's what I need to do. You know what? He- <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, I'm here to tell you right now that if you donate, the money will definitely all go to running the cost of this show, and I won't spend it on drugs or Doritos. Amen. What's that I hear? Hold on, I hear a lone voice. Pfeiffer, I have the Lord is telling me that you suffer from constipation. Is that true, sir?
20: At times I do, Reverend.
19: Oh! On the count of three, I'ma have Jesus make that the make that poop leave your body. Oh no! A one, Hang on. Put in bucket. For three. In the name of Jesus, be here.
9: Ugh.
31: All right. <laughs> Uh, I almost didn't
20: make it to the bucket.
31: <laughs> After the scam was the exposed, Pop-Off dropped out of sight and declared bankruptcy in 1987. I'm going to throw this, Walker. But that was then, and this is now. Pop-Off is back, and business is better than ever. He operates out of this giant facility east of Los Angeles. According to tax returns, Popoff's ministry took in more than $23 million in 2005. He paid himself more than $600,000. He paid about $600,000 more to his wife and two kids. He drives this $100,000 Porsche, and he lives in this home Worth two point one million dollars. Where does all the money for this lavish lifestyle come from? Well, people who watch Pop-Off shows are encouraged to, to send away for his free miracle ones. spring water. And that's why I want you to have the miracle spring water. I but is it really it? free? Our miracle water came with what Popoff calls a bag of sacred Dead Sea Salt. I'm supposed to sprinkle it over a check made out to Popoff for $27. It's really just a (laughs) tiny package of salt that you would get at a deli or fast food restaurant. (laughs) As for the miracle water, I'm supposed to drink it, wait five days, and I'll be blessed with riches. Of course, I'm supposed to send Popoff another
17: check. You see, it's not the water that releases the power. It's your obedience to the instructions of the prophet of God. Kathy Rowe and her disabled husband, Donald, (laughs)
31: fell for Popoff's pitch. Surely God... Would see our pain and bless us. They borrowed thousands of dollars from relatives, okay. saying they were going to pay their bills, Jesus. but instead they, they, they sent they it to Popoff, $4,500 $4, in all. Jesus. I just
13: look back on it and think,
11: you know, I'm a pretty stupid person.
31: We oh, wanted shit, to ask baby. Popoff <laughs> a few questions. <laughs>
14: Reverend Popoff?
31: Yes. Matt Mahar with Inside Edition. Could I ask you a few questions
19: about no. your ministry?
21: No. Hey, you're s- squeezing you? me. Sorry. <laughs> this, is, uh, <laughs> so,
19: <laughs> this guy from Inside Edition. Just ambushes Popoff at his in, getting into his Porsche, and he, while Popoff has the door open, he's like, "Can I ask you a few questions?" And Popoff just like tries slamming the door, and the Inside Edition reporter is inside the door. <laughs> you're squeezing me. <laughs> you're squeezing me
31: Can I ask you a few questions no. about your minister? <laughs> hey, you're Look, squeezing me. Sorry. How can you justify taking all what? of this money from people that are desperate? Can you just answer us one question? Can you just move away, please? Say, can, you Would you talk to us later, please? No. James Randy says he's not surprised that Pop Off is back.
3: Flimflam is his profession. That's what he does best. He's very good at it, and naturally, he's going to go back to it. Hallelujah! <laughs>
31: Kathy Rowe, the lady you met, says she only stopped sending Pop Off money two months ago when she had no money left for food. She says she now feels that she was brainwashed by watching Pop Off on television. Top- <laughs> <sighs> oh,
19: oh, mm, 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 mm. what are you going to oh do? Oh boy some sad some sad that's the worst part about this televangelist shit is the prosperity gospel it preys on the most desperate in need people I really think that we
20: should work on this little preacher routine that we've been doing because I I think we're in the wrong line of business (laughs) yeah
19: need uh today
12: this Jewish boy and all sinners are going to be saved Child, do you believe in God? Yes. Do you want to be saved from hell? Yes. That's good, because right now, all the dunes is coming out of your body, being replaced by the spirit of God. <laughs> uh,
19: yeah, Um. okay. Let me... Uh. Oh, yeah, I got. okay, sorry. I have one more pop-off clip. This is back to Rogan, because uh, this is... Right. It's pretty sick here.
21: So on this night show, they play... They play the footage that they have from his TV show. They play all that. And then they play – oh, and this was the one time that Johnny always wanted to know everything that was going to happen. He didn't want any surprises. But his staff said, no, you, you want to be surprised by this. Trust us. So sure enough, they play that footage and then they play the footage with Popoff's wife and she's saying things like Petey, the first thing she says, Petey, nod your head if you can hear me because if you don't, we're going to have trouble tonight. He nods his head as he's talking, you know, doing his whole evangelical thing. Um, and, uh, then she starts saying, oh, there's a live one up in the back. She's got cancer in her breasts. Make her run up and down the aisle and shake those breasts. You know, it's just all this like, and there's a lot of nasty (laughs) stuff. Some of that stuff we couldn't play on this night show, but we showed enough. And so just a disdain, a mocking of these people. Yeah, really. Yeah, she, exactly. had re- she actually had breast cancer, and she's telling her... About- oh, yeah, these people do. They these, it's real ailments that all these oh. people... Are. Well, almost real ailments, I'll get to...
19: So Popov's wife was a sick fuck, apparently. <laughs> if she was saying <laughs> stuff, they full couldn't tapes even play are available? on available? Yeah, I, uh, I, it, I pulled the Johnny Carson... Well, I didn't record it, but I watched the Johnny Carson... Uh, I can look the, it up later. Yeah, the whole presentation. It's pretty... It's pretty phenomenal what they did because they they recorded it all and then they just over they played original clips, a couple of clips without it. And then they played the overlaid recordings they got of Popoff's wife.
20: All right. And who's uh, the guest on Rogan again?
19: Um, uh, Banachek. OK, he's like a he's like a mentalist or whatever they're. Um. Like a magician type guy, but he's one of those guys that he's like a magician skeptic. The ones that kind of show you how the tricks are done to keep you from getting fooled by mediums and right.
21: and uh, fortune tellers and stuff. To that in a second, because um, we sent some stooges in, and uh, so. Yeah, just nasty, nasty stuff. But anyway, the stuff we showed on the Tonight Show, Johnny sits there and he never, he didn't like to edit his shows either, but he had to edit this because the moment that came on, Johnny's like, Oh shit. And you couldn't say shit on TV back then. And so he had to edit that out at that point. And he says, like, do they know about this? And like, nope, they do now. And at first, Popoff tried to say that we we, we, uh, we hired actors to be his wife. And then when it was obvious that we didn't, he then came out and says, I thought everybody knew that I used that to enhance the word of God. Oh. <laughs> and it took a long time for him to go on. And here's, here's the crappy thing about this, right? When I was there, he's doing stuff like telling people to throw their medications up on stage. You don't need them. God's going to take care. You know, imagine somebody throws up some digitalis pills or something they really, truly need and think God's going to heal them. So people do die from these things.
19: Yeah. Now, so Popoff was disgraced, went bankrupt, but then came back in a big way and is now selling water and table salt. And having people donate all the money they have and their relatives have to the church. But that's still nothing in comparison to the real OG, my personal hero, Jim motherfucking Baker. I am so excited to talk about this guy. Holy (laughs) shit.
32: And you modernist preachers. It's your fault I'm on TV. God had to raise up a boy from Muskegon, Michigan and put his anointing on him because the modernists refused to praise God. They got so cold and frozen in their church and no one ever praised God. Praise the Lord. The transmitters are praising the Lord. Come on, choir, sing it. Come on, people, worship the Lord.
22: For years, Jim Baker's devoted audience showered him with millions of dollars. You're ready. You're ready to burn. What they didn't know was that sex and money scandals hung over the TV minister's head like a sword of Damocles. But a sexual encounter in a Florida motel brought the truth to light, And Jessica Hahn's story was only the first chapter in a whole book of revelations. In fact, Washington knew a lot about Baker years before the scandal broke. In 1979, the Federal Communications Commission was investigating Baker and grilling him about fundraising and finances.
19: So I'm going to go out on a limb and say that you probably know, or at least knew more about Jim Baker than I did, because I had no idea about all this 70s and 80s stuff until this week.
20: Oh, yeah, him and Tammy Faye and and all that. Wild, The the hotel room, yeah.
19: Absolutely fucking wild. And, uh, dude, okay, so uh, Kevin Spacey played him in a made-for-TV movie. Did you know that? I did not, know. Dude, listen. This is now,
11: ladies and
20: gentlemen.
19: He, Kevin Spacey looks just like him too. That's what's crazy.
11: The pastor of the brand new Heritage Village Church, the Reverend Jim Baker.
3: Good morning. This is the day that the Lord has made. Let us rejoice and be happy in it. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Chase the devil away. Praise the Lord. Say it with me. Give me two more. I feel just like a cheerleader for Jesus. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. That's pretty good. Aren't you glad the Bible doesn't say this is the day the Lord has made get mad and kick each other? But God tells us to lift up our heads that we'll find our strength and our salvation in Him. Hallelujah! You
9: know,
3: a fine old preacher who taught me this trade, he always said, Jim, when you got them pumped up, pass the plate. And even wiser old preacher. He said to me, Jim, people like to get something before they give.
1: Amen! Amen!
3: Well, let's see. What could I give you today?
1: How about a sermon? Yeah. I How feel like preaching right
19: new. now. Three. That's the shit Oh, man. Uh, It'd have some more boost coming.
20: in. Speaking of, you know, getting before you give. Value yeah. for value.
19: More value coming in. It's, uh... The Lord is raining his blessings down on the Church of the Six Pack tonight. We got... Brothers and sisters. uh, Oh, if I can keep... There we go. For 2,321 sats, DeLorean saying, Googly-o, Moochie-coochie boost. (laughs) I forgot about that. It's a callback. Uh, Abel Kirby, boosting is at the heart of breaking the curse of poverty. For 8,888 sats. Thank you, Abel Kirby. And 1,300 sats from Fletcher. Who, uh, will actually, uh, will, he'll be, uh, coming into this story soon, John Fletcher will. And then 7,700 stats for American Ultra saying, Jesus hopes you lads can join us for our game sermon this Sunday night. That's right. Um, and hopefully I'll be off work, but, uh, American Ultra it will be hosting, uh, the bi-weekly Jackbox games, which I'm a big fan of, so. Hopefully y'all can make it there. I'm gonna try to make it there. And Vox came in with on the PayPal with a ten dollar fiat donation.
7: Hey, Vox!
19: Hell yeah! Recently
14: of uh, Absinthe Six Pack? Yes, yesterday. Mm-mm-mm. Yeah.
19: Hell yeah! All right. Uh, yeah, let's continue.
32: Yeah. Well, that's good. Now, I hope everybody's gotten up and marching around the house now <laughs> and
14: feeling better.
19: This
28: is Jim Baker.
5: <laughs> Jim was a wildly successful televangelist throughout the 70s and 80s, and for a time through his television show, PTL, also known as Praise the Lord. Jim received more donations than any other evangelical ministry in American history.
14: The P.T.L. network would rake in donations at a whopping $130 million a year. They lived large, and they built a huge Christian theme park in South Carolina. They called it Heritage USA. Yeah.
32: My God is real. Thank God our God is real.
14: Through weekly telethons,
5: P.T.L. brought in as much as $31 million in a single week. With this, Jim was able to build a massive Christian Disneyland in North Carolina, named Heritage USA, by encouraging people to become what he called investors.
32: Minister the gospel. So if you want to do that, be sure to do it.
19: That is awesome, and that's 70, that's <laughs> 1970s dollars, man. That's when a dollar was worth something.
32: <laughs> it had me
20: looking to see what else was playing because he had the preaching in the background.
19: Yeah, yeah, <laughs> but it's only <laughs> on the left earbud for some reason. Yeah, I was doing the same thing. Um, But, dude, no, they ruled the freaking 70s. I mean, they ruled the 70s. This is from Frontline on PBS with Judy Woodruff.
22: Baker raised so much money for his Praise the Lord TV operation that he became the second Christian broadcaster to set up his own satellite network.
32: From this moment on, the PTL Television Network plans to broadcast television and radio nonstop, 24 hours a day, until the second coming of Jesus Christ.
22: Baker's Satellite Network played an important role in the spread of televangelism by carrying other religious broadcasters' programs. In the 1970s, new technology and their tax-exempt status helped the televangelists enjoy a phenomenal growth rate. You're watching PTL, The Inspirational Network. Jim Baker's PTL Club was perhaps the most professional of all the Christian TV shows.
10: Here goes, it's too late to go to the restroom, you're trapped. (laughs) Fifteen seconds, stand by.
22: The shelves in the video library were filling up with 16 hours of new television every week. PTL had over a million daily viewers... Generated an income of $120 million a year, and with a staff of over 2,000, had become the second biggest employer in Charlotte.
19: Okie dokie. Wow. I mean.
20: Second biggest employer in Charlotte?
19: Yeah, in Charlotte, North Carolina. They opened their own freaking theme park, dude, 130 million a year. That is just oh, insane. Just ever been a, just a recap- the theme park. What's oh, it called? Sorry. Heritage USA.
20: If you've ever been to Heritage USA and you're in the chat room, let us know.
19: Yes, please let us know. Uh, I know it still exists. I just I think it's been repurposed. But Better uh, yet, leave a voicemail. Oh, that reminds me. We do have some voicemails. I need to get to and you can call in by calling eight six five four six five six two seven one we have uh we have a couple of voicemails here here yeah, yeah a couple of voicemails <laughs> but dude, I'm just to put it in perspective again, you know, I know I keep saying it, but Joel Olstein considered huge mega church in this current era he's getting eighteen million dollars a year mm-hmm. his churches. In the '70s, Jim Baker was getting 130 million fucking dollars a year. (laughs) Crazy. Um, Yeah, it's It's a
20: lot of cocaine. Yeah,
19: there's a documentary about him on YouTube called "Cocaine
9: Jesus."
19: (laughs) Uh, But okay, so listen to this because this gets into the television ministry, and I just titled this clip "Holy Shit!" LOL.
32: Well, the PTL Television Network is growing every
22: single day. By now, Baker was using his 500-station network to raise money for missionary work abroad.
32: And I believe God has established this network as a base to reach the world. I believe every penny that comes in over and above the actual minimum cost to keep us on the air and the budget needs to go to world evangelism and world missions. Praise
4: God. He would make commitments on the air. And then didn't count the cost of what those commitments would mean.
32: So please welcome Dr. Cho to PTL.
4: The commitments made to South Korea's Dr. Cho were the start of Baker's Troubles. I promised Dr. Cho um, TV equipment, which eventually I figured would be worth about a million dollars.
32: We're going to Korea
4: and Amen. Japan. Amen. Amen. Praise,
1: Praise the Lord.
4: You name it, we made commitments. And then when it came time to, for paying the piper, the monies either weren't there or they weren't allocated. Made a commitment to Bob McAllister in Brazil.
31: Our goal is every day in
32: Brazil. Every day in Brazil. Praising the Lord.
4: Made a commitment to Elias Malky in the Middle East project.
32: If God would help us, I would say we must put that transmitter into Cyprus.
16: Praise the Lord.
4: I wrote a memo detailing all the monies that had been raised for specific projects. When we were told that we didn't have the money to fund these things, I wrote a memo stating that uh, what that I recommended strongly that we fulfill our commitments or else we would be uh, jeopardizing our credibility.
32: Dr. Cho gave this to me. I I want to show this.
4: Despite
22: Manzano's memos, Baker went on talking as if projects in Korea, Brazil, and Cyprus were fully viable. And to raise more money, he went on offering trinkets like this replica of the Korean crown jewels. By doing so, Baker was laying himself open to possible charges of mail and wire fraud.
32: We're going to have a special uh, packet of cameras for Korea, and a special unit. It'll, we're going to build actually a mobile unit that can go to Japan and Korea as well. But our studios, the production for the a- for the Asia countries, will be in Korea because the studio has been given to us. A studio, as big as this building right here,
4: eventually became embarrassing because people, Americans particularly, started going to Korea looking for the PTL studios, and of course they weren't there because we never gave them any equipment or gave them a nickel to buy equipment
19: (laughs) that's fucking awesome (laughs) he's collecting all this money to build churches and television studios around the world doesn't build a single one of them (laughs) (laughs) oh and he's got and he's promising it to all these guys that travel i mean it's amazing he lasted as long as they did uh, I have, I'm going to skip over some clips I have the clip from the movie with Kevin Spacey Where he's just freaking out about the finances Being all screwed up I'll just put these at the end of the show uh, Just for the sake of time But uh, right. So ba- this is a little shorty here So Jim Baker's all screwed And uh, Just his finances are He's in trouble, his finances are Completely screwed up mm. uh, And For some reason the feds Let him keep operating for like another decade
22: transcripts still filed away inside the FCC show that Baker was not an ideal witness. The record shows that Baker's version of events was contradicted a total of 81 times. He was refuted by other witnesses 27 times, by written evidence 18 times, and by his own testimony 36 times. In the past, the FCC has found perjury sufficient grounds to revoke a broadcaster's license. Baker tried to pin the blame on his former vice president, Robert Manzano.
19: So he throws the former PTL, praise the Lord, vice president, under the bus completely.
20: <laughs> oh, yeah.
19: And this is him. He's interviewed about it later.
32: I did something today that I've never done before.
19: Oh, it was that day, later that day.
32: <laughs> I betrayed a Christian brother. Because the judge ordered me to. And it killed me.
1: (laughs) I have never.
32: I will never publicly betray an enemy.
19: Okie (laughs) dokie. Let alone a friend. I will never publicly betray an enemy, let alone a friend. If I was his friend... He's got to watch your back, man. <laughs> I'm like, what are you going to do in private? I would <laughs> never publicly betray you. It's like, oh. Talk about jacking your louche.
18: Lowering your vibration and and jacking your louche.
19: So Baker, he of course... did cry a lot, didn't he? he yeah, not quite as... Not a, on a scale of one to Glenn Beck, I'd say he was a solid four or five. Oh, okay. Uh, definitely did some crying, but not as much as Glenn Beck would do on Fox News. Uh, so yeah... <laughs> uh baker he fought back he'd really t- stuck it to the man and he used his media empire once he finally did get on un- like started being investigated he used his media empire to just start attacking the government which i love that like i, I i'm rooting yeah. for him honestly because if i'm choosing between some crazy fake christian guy that's just like banging hookers and doing blow and has some right, right. some wife that's definitely a lesbian I'm definitely going to root for that over the feds. Are you kidding
10: me? The PTL Television Network presents the PTL Club.
22: The evidence against PTL was piling up.
10: Host, Jim Baker.
22: Baker fought back with the weapon he understood
8: best.
10: Welcome to the PTL Club.
8: He was accusing uh, the FCC of being in league with the devil. The <laughs> and saying that he was being Same. persecuted by the FCC.
32: Oh, it's nice to have you
8: here. That we were out to get him because the FCC was anti-religion. All the
32: attorneys that represent PTL have agreed that it is now into a stage of harassment of the PTL television network. The bureaucratic backroom playing around harassment that has cost this ministry over a quarter
8: of a million dollars. We were the greatest source of funds PTL ever had. We rescued <laughs> PTL from virtual bankruptcy.
4: Baker, I was told, was able to raise twenty-two million dollars because he made it sound like if it was, if you didn't send me a hundred dollars or five hundred dollars or a thousand dollars, the devil is going to win over Christ.
8: He needed all of this money to uh, to protect the cause of freedom of religion. What we want is
32: what every American wants, a right to worship our God as we want to do. We do not want this church or any other church destroyed or intimidated
31: by the government.
11: Oh, God, they're so evil. Just please, God, free us from them
20: you know what he never asked God for apparently
19: a hotter wife a good accountant oh yeah <laughs> he needs one of those good Jew lawyers yeah <laughs> oh man I don't know you got any thoughts on this so far I just I could this this is to this to me is the American this is like this is up there with like Davy Crockett <laughs> Paul Revere <laughs> uh I mean, and then you got Jim Baker. It's like just the just the more I and especially now. Have you seen what he's doing nowadays? It's fucking crazy. Yeah, yeah I've been there. You've been you've been to one of his sermons.
20: No, I've not been to one of his sermons, but I've been to this uh, this little community he's building down there, uh, south of Branson. I think it's called Morningside or something like that.
9: Yeah, Bro. but uh,
20: during my uh, during my midlife crisis. I, w- I was doing some uh roof sales, right? And one of the calls I had was down there. So he went down there <laughs> climbed on a roof.
19: That's awesome. Dude, you and got to you that need to live get some boots on exactly the ground like reports. what you would think.
20: I mean, uh, it's What do you think people that that would live in a place for with Jim Baker were like?
19: If from the videos I see like the Vic Berger edits and everything, it's just he's got like 300 gallon buckets of macaroni and cheese and casseroles that you can heat up in the apocalypse. And then you can use the shovel that it comes with. So you can take a shit. He literally says, I'm the only pastor in America concerned about your bowel movements. I'll have that clip after the show too. (laughs) It's too long to play right now, but he's, he's just doing the survival, like Y 2 Y2K stuff all over again. Just the survival buckets, kind of the same shit Alex Jones does, but he's doing a lot more, um, lower quality and overpriced. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> nice, uh, but yeah, it's what's interesting, and it's part. Of, this is usually blamed the protection of televangelists is usually blamed on the because it was the Reagan era, the Reagan justice system. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I don't know. It seems to me like there's a little more to it than that. But uh, yeah, I don't know. Oh, and he opened up the the PTL center. <laughs>
32: Very special
19: just We're going to unveil
32: behind this drape In just a few minutes The most exciting project probably ever undertaken In the history I think of Christianity <laughs> Did you guys
9: ever go to Sunday school?
19: <laughs> <laughs> better so the Lord- what Jesus did <laughs> Better than the Apostle Dude not The history of Christianity is timeshare The most I mean Better than what the Apostle Paul did Better than any of the any of the apostles, the Roman Catholic Church, any of the Thomas Aquinas, fuck all those dudes. This is the most <laughs> exciting project in the history of Christianity. The Lord
32: gave us a vision. This vision has been a long time coming. It's our privilege to unveil the PTL Partner Center. The new PTL Partner Center. It's a total center for people to come. It's a 504-room hotel, the Heritage Grand Hotel. When you give your $1,000 gift, you'll receive a special membership card that will allow you to stay here in the Heritage Grand for four days and three nights every year for the rest of your life. <laughs> yeah, that's just a timeshare.
19: It's amazing. That is amazing. Uh, what's, and it's just, it's so, it's inspiring to me. It's this guy yeah, so, can get dragged through the mud, spoiler alert, go to jail for like a decade, yeah. have all these scandals, and then come back out, and all these old people that remember that happening just flock back to him and support him.
20: Yeah. And say, give me that. Time shares for Jesus. Yeah.
23: Give me that. Time shares for Jesus. Give me Fucking that. wild,
19: dude. But the uh, the feds were running defense for him, it seems like to me. Um, and that's the implication here in this frontline report.
22: Larry Bernstein was the FCC investigator nine years ago.
8: We found enough evidence to indicate that serious wrongdoing had been done, indeed, possibly criminal wrongdoing. I immediately wrote up a report. It languished for two years at the FCC, was rewritten three times, each time watered down. And then when it was all over, nothing was done with it.
22: Since then, Bernstein's report and 4,500 pages of evidence have been sitting on the shelves of the FCC. Frontline has obtained draft copies of Bernstein's report. On it, someone has noted the extensive deletions and modifications that were made. The fate of the report raises serious questions, not only about the FCC's conduct, but also about the Internal Revenue Service, and the Department of Justice, both of whom received copies of this report. I believe it's time. Despite evidence of false solicitation, possible tax evasion, and even fraud, all three agencies failed to act, and Baker continued to raise millions with apparent impunity. Huh.
32: I got a
9: long.
19: both. Oh sorry. He's
20: both shit talking them and had somebody up like covering like covering for him, just squashing it.
19: Yeah, that's well cuz the in the investigation started in 79. Mhm. And I don't think they did anything to him till 87. That's a good run. Yeah. So somebody he had somebody in his corner in there for, at the very least. Uh I, I have a 4 minute clip that I'm gonna skip just because it's, but it, it's got some really interesting stuff in it. I'll put that at the end too. But there's a 33 in there. Uh, let me
8: see if I can just what I know. Are 33, delet- delet- oh, wow,
22: I just very familiar <laughs> with the investigation could follow the thrust of the report. There are 33 deletions like this. We always wanted to have the facts come out.
19: We, the, the, I'll, I'll put that clip at the end. But the PBS back when they did real journalism, they're on, uh, uh pbs frontline they're interviewing the head of the the fcc chairman and some other guys and they basically just keep going in circles around the blame game because they're like well how come you told this you buried this guy's report about baker and then you told him to rewrite the report and take out all this evidence that they had against baker and they're like i don't know you'd have to ask this guy about that and then they go to the next guy and he's like oh i don't know anything about that that's that you're lying i didn't do that it's like uh
20: your government at work people
19: yeah <laughs>
22: Larry Bernstein was so disillusioned by a decision he thought let Baker off the hook that he quit government service.
8: After the FCC let let him go, in the face of a mountain of apparent misconduct, he must have felt that he could do anything and God himself wouldn't stop him.
32: They're grading out down here right now and this whole hillside has to come down to make way for this roadbed. This will be the uh, entryway to the great auditorium.
22: Baker was free to raise over $100 million to build Heritage USA. More than $10 million would find its way into the Baker's pockets. Though the IRS and Justice Department had seen the FCC report, they also took no action.
9: Yeah, <laughs>
20: boom! boom, boom, boom.
19: <laughs> I think you'd think there'd be a better cha-ching sound effect than that. It all sound like. Woo. Okay. Well, know, yeah, whatever. That one's even worse. So old Jimmy's getting it at this point. <laughs> He's getting paid, he getting on. laid, and uh, this is peak Jimmy. Peak, peak Jim Baker. Jimmy, uh, I got the uh, uh, two shorty clips, or I guess this one's not. The, yeah. Oh, never mind, they're not as short as I thought. Let's try the first one. I don't remember what this is. This is Jim Baker, Barbara Walters.
26: When we talked in 1996, I asked Jim about his brand of Christianity. You had preached that God wanted his subjects to live a, a lavish or successful lifestyle. You quoted from the New Testament, I pray you will be in good health as your soul prospers. Did you really feel that God was advising you to acquire material wealth?
32: I really felt that prosperity gospel was the truth. I really thought that God wanted us to not have any problems, not have any sickness, not have any pain.
26: Yes, but that's not the same as God wanting you to have lots of money, expensive clothes, uh, huge salaries, lots of luxuries. We're not talking about health and pain. Yes,
32: yes. But I really... Sincerely believed in what I was teaching. Our ministry just kept getting bigger and bigger and bigger.
19: Do you think there's a chance that Jim Baker really did believe in he was, what he was doing and he was just so stupid and naive? He didn't understand about laws and taxes and financial. Like, what's the What's the over under on that? It's pretty, it's not even a 1% chance, right?
20: Where, where would I put the slider on it? Yeah. Let's see.
19: Naivety. He's just like the victim of his own foolishness and lack of
20: As somebody who's not very good with money. Myself, I'd put it like I'd say he like sixty percent believes in what he's doing there, and like forty percent, like it doesn't. He's just like dipshitting around.
19: Okay, that's fair. <clears throat> I don't know. You want to hear more Barbara Walters? I got a part B of that clip. I don't remember what it is. Sure.
26: Their family, daughter Tammy Sue and son Jamie Charles, were part of the show. My son Jamie just walked in. How you doing, Jamie Charles? Good. But preaching family values wasn't the same as having a happy family. I recently sat down with Jim Baker's son, Jay, and asked him what life with his father had been like. So did you feel close to your father?
32: Yes and no. There were moments at home when we were, as a family, we would, like, hang out in, the, in their room and watch television together that I felt really close. But, you know, I, I had bodyguards, and so I was also mm-hmm. raised a lot by security guards. How would you describe your relationship? I really looked up to my dad. I kind of thought my dad ruled the world because I was so young and he had so many people following him.
26: And there were more people and more donations every year. New Year Pledge...
32: In the name of the Lord. What
26: questions were being raised about what all these pledges were paying for? In 1978, the Charlotte Observer started publishing articles about the misuse of PTL funds. It sparked a five-year-long FCC investigation. There were problems at home, too. Tammy Faye was rumored to be having an affair with the man who produced her record albums, Gary Paxton and Jim was worried that Tammy would leave him. But he had an idea. What if he got Tammy jealous? According to Jim, his friend, Reverend John Wesley Fletcher, offered to help. They could take a trip to Florida, and there Fletcher Fletcher? would introduce Jim to a pretty young woman, a 20-year-old secretary who worked in a Long Island church. Her name was Jessica Hahn. There are many different accounts of what happened in that Florida hotel room, but this much everyone agrees on. Jessica Hahn was introduced to Jim Baker. He said he was lonely, and they had a sexual encounter that lasted 15 to 20 minutes, and Jim Baker said he cried afterwards. You (laughs) write in your book that it was not an affair, that it was 15 minutes. That's right.
32: I don't know what to call 15, 20 minutes. It wasn't an affair. It wasn't love. It was sex. You
26: are a loser
11: everyone hates you (laughs) i bet that's what it sounded
20: like man there's nothing worse than a dude crying after sex uh
19: yeah like if a woman cries after sex you're like oh that's not good that's pretty bad but if a guy cries after sex it's like universally just pitiful and funny um
20: like if a girl cries after sex you might get to have sex with her again (laughs) <laughs> if, a, if a guy cries after sex, that woman is not coming back.
19: and I love that John Fletcher has his fingers in the middle of this whole pie right here uh, now i'm now I'm remembering why I pulled that second Barbara Walters clip. Now, Geraldo Rivera, back when he had black hair and a black mustache years ago, um, sure. he had John Fletcher and Jessica Hahn on at the same time to debate. Would you like to hear a little bit of that? Oh, okay, yeah. Oh, yeah.
18: Quote?
19: that's an
13: accurate quote jessica Geraldo, i wish to god he'd rotten hell let me tell you something
19: i guess i should recap Ooh. what happened it, there's very convoluted and there's conflicting accounts uh jessica hahn alleges rape um jim baker says that it was a plan to make his wife jealous and fletcher was the one that basically pimped out jessica hahn to jim baker And uh, in fact, Saturday Night Live, back when Dana Carvey was the church lady. You remember that? Yeah. I have that clipped and I'll put that in the post show too, is the church lady interviews. Phil Hartman at the time plays Jim Baker. And I can't remember who played uh, Tammy Faye, but (laughs) Jim and Tammy are on the with the church lady. And uh, they're covering the, the whole entirety of the saga and breaking down what happened during that 15 minutes and everything it's yeah I'll put that <laughs>
13: <up>. <laughs> i am sick and tired of this this is too much for me with this man he is lying my little brother is listening to this i am fed up with this crap with john fletcher i am telling you the truth <laughs> this man is on a promotional tour because he can no longer pass around the offering plate. he can no longer make a living from stealing people's money just like jim baker he is a thief he is a professional liar and i am sad with this. i am tired i have lost a family and i don't give a crap about his family because he didn't either I lost a family. I spent Thanksgiving alone. I'll spend Christmas alone. Why? Because of them. This is the last interview I'll do with John Fletcher. Because <laughs> I don't give a crap about this man. I am so sick of fighting. I'm fighting all these men. And I have a story. My story is true. I'll back it up one million percent. And if I'm wrong, then let me be indicted. John Fletcher, you should have hung yourself. I wish you You're I did. You're a liar.
18: Jessica, I did attempt to hang myself Good. and woke up Good. very disturbed because it didn't work. And I was on life support equipment. You're Good. not the only one who has suffered. I've lost everything oh, that John, is dear but and you that, that I that treasure way. in life. John, and you, you know, Jessica, you and I and all these players in this saga are just as guilty one by the other.
19: <laughs> sir Bimrose in the chat said, that guy has a really sordid history from evangelical scammer to podcaster. <laughs>
18: John, The only thing I can say, I wish you no harm, Jessica. Oh, I'm not hell. trying to go be to If to- you wish her no harm, sir, may I ask why uh, do Ronaldo. you do you... Do you understand how we can be incredulous about that statement? I understand if you have Do you understand how? I've tried to stay in the middle here, but do you understand how you might sit there and appear to me to be an extremely distasteful man? (laughs) I have a right also, Geraldo, to change. You have
13: no right, John. I have a right to change. You have no right. You have no right. This thing has cost me everything that
18: was precious and dear to me in my life. I'm sorry for it and I'm not having an ax here to grind with anybody. There is something therapeutic about talking about pain and bad memories, and that's what I'm doing. If it does nothing else, no matter how self-serving it may seem, it gets that which is on the inside of me on the outside. Do you believe in God? (gasps) Yes, I do. Can I say something,
13: please? Go ahead, Jessica. I am not the issue. I was not a preacher, okay? And that's the point. It should not matter if I posed in Playboy, which I thank God for that I had Playboy. But what I'm saying is I work for a living, okay? (laughs) If I turned a bad situation into something good, that's my prerogative.
20: Playboy money. She sounds like the sexiest church secretary
19: I've ever heard of. Yeah.
11: Who wishes to kneel before me?
19: I did get these, uh... (laughs) I got these two. These ISOs are so good they deserve a stinger on the front of them.
13: This is the last interview I'll do with John Fletcher. <laughs>
19: <laughs> Carolyn, you can use these if you want. I don't know. This one might be a little too much.
13: John Fletcher, you should have hung yourself.
19: <laughs> that's, <laughs> no, uh, that's brutal. <laughs> that is pretty bad. Um, well. As we wrap up here, Pfeiffer, I feel like, um, let's see where Jim Baker's at now. Maybe like a little bit of uh, just an update. Sure. This is him. (laughs) uh, When that big tornado in Kentucky that a bunch of people died from, Mm -hmm. there's multiple tornadoes. Uh, Jim Baker was covering that, and he was showing footage of the devastation of the tornado throughout this talk he's giving here. This storm. Now, this is modern-day, post-prison, release from jail, recent Jim Baker.
32: This storm, this, is, this is, wasn't a tornado. Do you hear me?
3: Say amen. We hear you. We're listening. It wasn't
32: just a tornado. It was like 200 tornadoes. I don't know the exact number yet. Do you about
29: know, my 40. Minor? About 40 tornadoes.
19: And they wiped out people. Where do you think he's going with this? You had to guess.
20: I oh, look. I mean, a call for money.
19: Yeah, he's maybe raising funds to help the people. Like yeah, 200 two hundred tornadoes. I don't two,
32: know the exact number two, yet. Do you know, Mike?
29: About forty tornadoes,
32: and they wiped out people. There's, I know, a thousand homes gone. People just without a home. So, I, I want you to help today. Those that can give $1,000 to help us stay on the air. <laughs> <laughs> Fucking That's amazing. Pretty much what I thought.
19: Dude. Yeah, gotta love it, dude. No shame. <laughs> He's got a number to. Ooh, sorry. Bumped the whole friggin'. He's got a number at the bottom of the screen to have people donate. He's got all this footage <laughs> of the devastation. Look at this. This is terrible. I want you to donate. To help keep our show on the air, <laughs> <laughs> and they—he's—I think you might be right—that a lot of these televangelists are ops because this guy has been used to discredit things that are real, like uh, election fraud, mm-hmm. and the use of colloidal silver. They have used Jim Baker to discredit colloidal silver just completely.
16: Evangelist
18: Jim Baker has reached a settlement with authorities out in the Midwest who accused him of trying to sell a fake COVID-19 cure right as the pandemic was just starting. Fox 46 and Derek Dellinger found out the controversy brings back memories for many here in Charlotte who still say to this day that Baker is a con man.
4: God gave us this product. That was the claim made by Jim Baker last year about a silver solution, which he said, and many others on his program said, would cure COVID-19 and essentially anything else that ails you. Touted as a miracle cure, authorities and experts say essentially it was snake oil, dangerous, and even capable of turning skin blue.
19: (gasps) (gasps) (laughs) Blue skin. Remember that meme? Yeah.
20: I don't, but do you you remember the... uh... The, like the one cult leader lady whose skin was blue because she took so much colloidal silver? I think she died. I don't remember.
19: Yeah, it can turn your skin blue. But um you know, if, you t- see if you've taken insane doses of it. It's yeah, well, to cult not leader. take she's a lot. Insane. Yeah. You can die from drinking too much of almost anything. Uh, yeah, I
20: remember that uh, our attorney general was Eric Schmidt at the time and filed a lawsuit against him. Oh, God. Since he's located in Missouri, I'm
19: trying to figure out Have I said the L word at all.
20: I just well, noticed that I haven't been on. shocked in like an hour. Maybe the batteries went ran out. You know, now, there's only one way to find out.
9: Hmm.
19: Yeah, oh, I think the uh, I think I just needed to move the mouse on the on the laptop. The uh, screen was dead. Went to sleep mode. Uh, I cheated my way through that one. I'm sure I said it a couple times. <laughs> I just was thinking about. it. I was like, I haven't been shocked like at all. Well, now that'll will now, it, now it'll it'll get me if it's working.
20: Headed down the home stretch. Mm. All Let's right. Well, you want to listen to then. some
19: voicemails before we get out of here? Yeah. Sure. Hello
23: there, my sheep. I'm a here. I'm a gonna talk to you. All right.
19: Hang on a second. We gotta, if we're gonna do this, we gotta do it right. Right. <clears throat> I didn't realize, I didn't know we were having people call in to, uh. Here we go. Let's try that. This one looks good.
23: Here we go.
9: Hello there,
23: my sheep. I'm a hare. I'm not gonna talk to you now about how awesome this show is. And I just thank you so much and for this opportunity to spread this
10: word from coast to coast, from coast to coast.
9: You, my friend, have a small, small penis amen.
19: (laughs) (laughs) Oh, that was good. Let's hit this next caller.
28: the
7: urinal on here and and uh, there's a number scrolled on on here and it said uh, something but it a said call number 865
0: 465
7: call eight six five four six five six two seven
0: one and
7: yeah so i I'm calling it Said something about a doctor's on. You got, you, you got a reverend doctor or something or other on the, on, on the show? It's pretty it's pretty cool. Well, I, I hope that goes well for you. Um, Alright. Well, well, guys, that address and you know. Oh, oh man, like I'm to kill myself.
19: Oh, thank you, Kakala. Ka-Kal. Ka-Kal. Blessings be upon you. Call me. Two um, uh
7: Jim Baker was like, in jail with uh, Bob Probert,
16: who was uh, oh, yeah. played for the, uh, the Red Wings, Detroit Red Wings. So, um, he got in trouble many a times, uh, driving across the border uh, they a uh, became sub substance on him uh, while he was playing for the Red Wings. I can't remember how many times, but, uh, and then he, I believe he died of a cardiac arrest on a boat out in the middle of, uh, Lake St. Clair, I believe, or Lake Huron, one of the two. Uh, but yeah, it was weird. He, uh, one of the times he got, uh, prison time. It was with Jim Baker when he came back. He said he was kind of a changed person. of the time he spent there. But I don't know. Uh, maybe, maybe he was, I don't know. Uh, but yeah.
19: Thank you, Call of Preacher
20: and he sounds great with the blues background
19: yeah Mm-mm-mm. well I think that's I think that's been a, I think it's been a pretty good show
20: yeah I've had a lot of
19: fun thanks for coming on man and I hope everybody this Sunday will be tuned in 10 a.m. Eastern for the two hour folk hour with Rusty Apples right. or Dusty Apples and the Honorable Reverend Dr. Wife. that's
20: right thank you very much it's been a pleasure it's been a fun time
19: any closing thoughts Any anything you want to tell the people well listen to me
20: congregation oh. it's been real nice to, <laughs> hanging out with you in the chats we love them booster grams
19: word amen
20: keeping the lights on and I just mm. want to say go ahead and listen to my show and that's all I want to say
19: in the morning. In the morning. Mm-mm-mm. Well, I think, uh, I think I'm going to close it out with uh, a sermon from the Honorable Reverend Eli Gemstone. All right. And uh, after that, you'll be hearing uh, all the other clips I didn't get to. I think there's some good shit in there. There's some real good shit in there. And, uh, yeah. Yeah. I get a heck yeah.
16: Amen. Amen.
19: A woman. That's closer. Yeah, all right. Well, without further ado, here's some... Uh, here's some... Let me... Let me... Uh, I think I'm just double checking to make sure I have all the business attended to. I think so. All right. Man, this is... I, this guy, this organ player, has got this guy's got it going. This is nice. I know. I was jamming out here. <laughs>
9: <laughs>
20: I almost I'm forgot what we this. were doing.
19: Yeah. Uh, well, hell, hell yeah. Uh, all right, here we go. It's uh, a little sermon from the Honorable Eli Jimstone, played by John Goodman on the Righteous Jimstone. It's a little bit about forgiveness, which I think can we forgive even somebody like Jim Baker? I think we can hope the listeners will forgive us for this episode. <laughs> yeah, exactly.
11: As I looked around that small house my wife grew up in, I could tell she was there with us. All that transpires every single day. To bring us in and out of each other's lives. We move through this world crossing paths with friends, family, and enemies. And I believe the goal of all that colliding is to make us appreciate one another, to find empathy. Are not rooting for your enemy's salvation, you are not in line with what the spirit wants. Yeah. Amy Lee knew this, that's why she always wanted to help no matter what. For when you forgive other people when they sin against you. heavenly father will forgive you how we navigate this life and each other is what defines us and what leads us onto the path to Him. By accepting one another for our shortcomings, our sins, our selfish behavior. We are granted the ability to make mistakes as well. ability to begin again forgiven.
16: About something pretty fun, kind of boring church. Let's check it out. Let me just ask you straight can I be a priest, please? It would be hard please. if you don't study. I've never sinned. Can I be a priest? You never did anything wrong. Nope. You've never stolen anything. Hmm. Okay, that's good.
19: Well, then you're right up there with Jesus, I guess.
16: It's lonely at the top.
27: It can be. Most of us have done things that we regret later.
16: I'm a priest, too. If I could be, if I say I am. I don't need to be a priest. I'm a doctor. See you at church, suckers. What do you do up here? What do I do up here? Well, we have a, a sacred meal every Sunday. So we you do serve mashed potatoes and gravy? Absolutely not. We serve bread and wine. What about uh, pork chops? Do you have those? No,
19: I'm sorry. We just have ordinary, you know,
16: sacramental things. Sounds like a boring supper. Okay, well... Okie dokie. Can't win them all. No, I guess you can't. I went to hell.
18: You know, Winston Churchill said about that, if you're going through hell, keep going.
16: You know what the devil said about hell? What? Welcome to hell. Who gives a shit? Free of hell. That thousand dollar gift makes you a lifetime partner.
3: Here at Beautiful Harry. A thousand bucks is real money to ordinary people. Now let me spell that out for you again. That one-time thousand-dollar gift entitles you to four days and three nights of free lodging for the rest of your life here at beautiful... Item. Harry. this is a reminder. I want to do a people sermon on the Harry. text, Give, that and it shall be time given time unto $1, you. That thousand-dollar gift you there, the wording, Jim. You have got to be more careful. Be you can't sell you. these partnerships like timeshares. I'm whipping up emotion. So go I can't be responsible for every word. Well, take it from your lawyer. You can be held responsible, and that pitch is all a hungry federal prosecutor is going to need to go after you for wire and mail fraud. You were hired to work for me, and I want you to understand. How long loud am I clear. supposed to wait? Nobody is defrauding anyone. I am doing God's work, and I have absolute We've faith that Jesus so will help me deliver on the promises I made. That's not good enough. Look, I'm trying to keep you out of jail. Visa, master charge. Jim. I want to see if we can get the state police to lower the speed limit on the highway out in front of Heritage USA so people can read the damn sign. Kathleen, when Minnie Pearl's agent calls, patch them through to my car phone. We're
7: on our way down. ETA,
3: two minutes. Item, I want the latest copies of Forbes magazine that list the wealthiest men in America.
26: Don't forget my banana tree.
3: Item, I need two fluorescent tubes for the closet of my home. Jim, uh, listen, uh, a
18: check, a half-million-dollar check to our contractor bounce today.
3: Item, have the gardener look at Tammy's banana plants in her bathroom. The bathroom, I missed the bathroom. Why, what's up? Well, because the bank put a hold on a deposit in the account. Well, move our accounts to another bank. Jim, we use too many now.
18: Jim, I have sent memos begging you now to simplify the finances, control spending, and... Jill, above all, you've got to set some priorities.
3: Well, talk to Patrick. Would you hold the elevator for me?
14: He does set priorities. Banana trees over Bum Church? Kathleen, I'm
3: sorry. Don't get the idea. I'm not loyal. BTL? No, I'm sorry. Reverend Baker's
13: in conference.
2: And now it's time for church chat.
30: Hello again. I'm the church lady, and this is Church Dad. Thank you. As you all know, our world of television ministries has been rocked by scandal. Who are these people? Responsible Christian broadcasters or greedy media sluts? You be the judge. (laughs) Now to tell their side of the story, let's welcome ex-PTL club leaders, Jim and Tammy Baker.
2: Thank you, church lady. It was kind of you to invite us here.
12: And, you know, I just want to thank all our partners for all their love and their support and their prayers.
30: Well, Jim and Tammy, you can just relax because on my show, no one is going to mention adultery, blackmail, missing funds, drug-induced psychosis, or getting booted from the PTL. So, what else is going on?
2: Well, church lady, I guess we are kind of preoccupied with the scandal right now.
30: I bet you are, Jimbo. Well, you know, it just grips my bottom that every time the press gets a hold of a story about a minister who's having a little piece of chicken on the side, people just talk, 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 talk. What drove Tammy to take those Valium? Oh, it was Jimmy and his little girlfriend. Oh, did you hear? While she was home pill-popping, he was with his little love muffin. Well, how convenient. A tawdry little love tryst with a 20-year-old. Jimmy, all I can say right now is shame, 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 shame.
2: Well, you see, church lady, I was wickedly manipulated by treacherous friends. It was seven years ago. It only happened once. It only took 15 minutes.
30: Jimmy, excuse me, but what took 15 minutes?
12: His little visit to the Lucky Stiff Motel. Isn't that right, honey? <laughs> yes,
30: dear. Fifteen minutes. Well, let's break that down, shall we? First, we check in under a false name, probably Steve. All right, then we slip a loot into Jessie's wine, just to get her in the mood. Then we peel off Jessie's spandex pants and tube top. Then Jimmy has to explain how this has never happened to him before. How long does that take, Tammy? Excuse me.
12: Oh, um, I would say about five minutes.
30: Five minutes. Okay, so we have some more time here. So then, Jimmy, a few more minutes. Yes, Jimmy preps the bed, and I guess uh, Jesse preps Jimmy. So there we are. Our naughty parts, all engorged and tingling. Leaving us, let's see, two minutes to fornicate. Well, apparently some of us do our thinking below the Bible Belt. Jimmy, was it worth $265,000? No. All righty. Well, Tammy, well, Jimmy was there, out there drugging, and... Jesse, and reaffirming his manhood. What exactly were you doing?
12: Well, you know, church lady, those, those nights just sort of blur together, don't they, honey? But, you know, Jim would go out every night during crosswits, and that's when I got addicted to all manner of flu pills, and I hallucinated cats out of the ceiling. I did, didn't I, honey? And sometimes their hands would vaporize and explode. And yeah, and once it felt like like someone shoved a, a bun cake ring down over my head and the bun uh, right, honey, yes. and the bun unbraided and the f- the filling rose up in flames and all the raises turned into demons and I put my hands up and I said, Demonic raises, I rebuke you.
30: Well isn't that special? Tammy, we have a bit of goop on our face. Oh, I'm sorry. That's mascara. Excuse me. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. sorry. Well, apparently, Tammy, Mr. Mouth is moving, but we have no idea what we're saying, do we? Now, let's think. Who would have jammed that bun cake ring down over your head, Tammy? Who was it? Who could it possibly be? Was it? Oh, I don't know. Say. Yes, it was. Oh, really? Wow. Well, isn't that extra special?
1: Church lady. I just want our partners to know. We have repented.
7: And we need their emotional and financial support now more than ever. It's true. I don't know how many of you good people out there have been blackmailed for sexual misconduct. (laughs) Now, we all know that blackmail is bad. It is. But what's worth it? It's
0: expensive.
12: It's expensive. Plus, we have another payment due, partners. We do. Tammy.
30: Tammy, we're begging now, aren't we? (laughs) We're just groveling on our little feet with our little black streaks coming down our little face. (laughs) Well, okay, bakers, I think we've got the picture here. Why don't you just say bye-bye now, bye-bye, and good luck, all righty? Bye-bye now. Bye-bye. Okay. People, these are trying times. Everyone's trying everything and getting caught. (laughs) It's just a big, fat romp in the park for the (laughs) Beastmaster. Now, I want to reassure my viewers I am not a televangelist with a megabuck ministry or a theme park. I'm just the church lady. Billy, can I have my special shaft of (laughs) light? I would just like to say to all the Swaggerts and Schulers and Falwells and Roberts and to Ivan Boski and all those Wall Street Inside Traders... (laughs) To President Reagan and all his Iran scammers. Well, when trouble erupts, power corrupts. And I'm sure you'll all agree, I'm just a little bit superior to all of thee. Okay? Hit it, Pearl.
3: I don't want to be a wet blanket, but I can't help wondering if this luxury is necessary. Dick may have a valid point. Well, now, Don, you're from Hollywood. Forgive me for saying so, but you don't understand our people. Charismatic Pentecostals don't condemn nice things. In fact, they won't support a ministry that's chintzy. Now, isn't that right, Brother Doris? It's a matter of degree. As for Indonesian tea, but- They want Jim and Tammy to project a successful image... And I'll tell you why, Brother Dorch. We all grew up money poor, worshipped at a funny little church on the edge of town. That leaves a hurt. Mm -hmm. But let me make this point loud and clear. We are getting over our inferiority complex. Mm -hmm. We've all seen what's happening out around this country lately. Christian believers aren't invisible anymore. right, 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 We are saying to the world, respect us, include us. We are tired of acting like the poor relations. We're going to build a place today's Christians can take pride in. Nothing cut rate. Everything first class. As long as Jim Baker has a say in everything about PTL. Here, 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 here. 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 here of course, the here, board of here. directors bears final responsibility in all these decisions. My concern's are how we're going to pay for such an ambitious building program. You leave that burden on my shoulders, I'll raise the money we need. God spoke to me. He said, Jim, I want your new prayer center to be something special. He said, Jim Baker, I want you to build a replica of the upper room. Yes, that holy place in Jerusalem.
0: Where my, my only son, Jesus? I'm sorry.
3: I can't go on. Someone come and help me. It's alright, I'm alright. Where my only son, Jesus, ate his last supper. And I said, Yes. Yes, God, I will build the upper room I will call upon our prayer partners to help us build it
12: Well, honey, they're answering you Just my heart is so warm Our family, our prayer partners Look at this pledge
3: Five (laughs) hundred dollars Are you trying to tell me something?
12: Count the zeros
3: Count the zeros, count the zeros There must be an echo in this room All right, I'm going to count the zeros One, two, three are you telling me this isn't $500? No, no. This is $500! That is a
9: pledge
3: directly from the heart. Oh, yeah. Who's this from? Who's this from? from? Hallelujah! Yeah. Oh, this pledge Hallelujah!
12: Hallelujah! Homer and Edna will out in Ohio. In How Ohio. do you say it? Where that is that, is that is honey?
3: Wapakoneta, Ohio. Wapakoneta, I Wapakoneta, put We love it. Homer and Edna's pledge up on that tote board for all the world to see. Hallelujah! Yeah.
8: What I noticed with regard to PTL and with the report was that for a long time nothing happened. The report was sent up uh, to the highest authorities at the FCC where it languished for quite a while. Eventually I was contacted by one of the chairman's assistants and asked uh, to take things out of the report. This is
6: the first I've heard of that. Uh, I I would uh, say two things. One, it's false. And two, you should ask Mr. Sharp.
22: Fowler's general counselor at the FCC, Steve Sharp, did receive a copy of Bernstein's report. Uh, The report, I mean, I'd have to look at, uh, see a copy of the final report to be sure, but I don't
6: believe there were any changes made in the report. The only thing he would be saying, I think, would be that we went back, took the report, and ordered him to then, in effect, rewrite it or re-edit it. And that's even more scurrilous and false.
4: You, you, he was
8: never told to rewrite it or re it?
6: Not by it. me, nor through any other intermediary. That's just not my style.
8: It is absolutely a fact that through his staff, the chairman of the FCC made it clear that my report had to be watered down.
22: I, re- I recall raising a number of questions with the report uh, and uh, because... Uh, I was not pleased with the way it was written. But the draft copy of Bernstein's report shows that only nine passages were rewritten or modified. Far more significantly, 134 sections were deleted. Bernstein says that what was being lost was content. For example, 76 footnotes detailing numerous examples of Baker's alleged perjury were cut. According to Bernstein, Sharp wanted his report watered down and took the guts out of it. As far as guts are concerned, that's nonsense. Uh, As far as watering, uh, as I said, I think that some of the editorial comments in there were inappropriate. uh, They were not supported by evidence, and they, they justly deserve to be edited out. But these edits seem to have weakened the report even further. For example, when the whole of paragraph 72 was excised, language was lost that explained how PTL had done nothing to supply Dr. Cho with equipment he'd been promised for eight months. Without this kind of signposting only someone very familiar with the investigation could follow the thrust of the report. There are 33 deletions like this. We always wanted to
6: have the facts come out. We might disagree with what we should do with those facts. But that is just simply false to say that I ordered Steve Sharp and then he ordered uh, uh, the gentleman to go ahead and change or water down the report
22: in any way. This videotape shows the seven commissioners on December 8, 1982, the day they discussed Bernstein's report. The FCC will not release the videotape of the decisive closed session that took place later that same day. Four of the seven commissioners were expected to put Baker through a full public hearing and probably take away his broadcasting license. Chairman Fowler preferred to let PTL sell off its TV station in Ohio and so avoid the time and cost of a full inquiry. He was backed by Sharp, a commissioner by now, and by James Quello. but then apparently a
8: commissioner changed sides. The commissioner who changed her vote was Commissioner Mimi Dawson, and what I remember almost the mo- as vividly as anything else was that she said nothing during the entire debate. Uh, she sat there and smiled.
22: Ms. Dawson has declined an interview with Frontline.
3: Welcome to the
31: Jim Baker Show. Here are your hosts, Jim and Lori Baker.
32: Street. Hi there. So very happy to have you here with we our very are. special guest, John Shorey. He's in the house. Great
9: to be here. Yeah.
16: yeah.
32: You know what I mean? Yeah. The highest class of food that you can get is what's in that bucket. It's right. true, John. I, I, we have all these people here. And people. <laughs> oh, I want to be so. People and in... another thing that starts with P. People. Well, they pee and they, we won't say the other word, okay? What are you gonna do with the doo doo? Do you have a plan? People eat, (laughs) and people
13: go to the bathroom. Okay, eliminate. Wow.
9: You say,
32: Jim, that's nasty. (laughs) Well, it is. What do you mean it's nasty?
12: Oh, brother. (laughs) He's got it. (laughs) I'm probably
32: the only preacher in America that is concerned about your ball movement. This is great. What are you going to shovel it with? Oh, my goodness. What are you going to dig a hole with? What are you going to do with the (laughs) doo-doo. But what are you going to do?
13: It's true. What are you going to do with it? Honestly, Jim, I think, you know, it started back when we were raising the kids and we used to check their poop all the time. You know, you're supposed to check your kids, making sure they're having them, and it's very important. Isn't that true, Dr. Paul? And I think that's where it all started with him.
3: People get ready. There's a crisis coming
13: Wow, that's good
3: Are you prepared? Are you on board? Yes The signs are all here You see it in the air That's right Get your heart ready To meet the Lord (laughs) Come on There's a change coming. The prophets have spoken. Do you understand? (laughs) No fear, no guilt, just joy and peace. If you got food and friends, well, you got a plan. Take it to it.
5: Is a miracle, right? Get them going, your yeah, hallelujah and blood of Christ. They love the blood, and uh, they love the blood. yeah, I mean they're, they're practically not listening. When you get them in the right spot, they're not even listening. I mean, no, so, they're listening. No, they're so much so not listening. I can, uh, I can talk about anything. I can talk about. Um, I can talk about my mom's banana bread recipe in the. <laughs> no, you, you don't on, think no. so? See now
13: you're. You are do not think so? No, you're
12: underestimating your crowd. When
5: I go back in there, I will preach a banana no, bread
12: don't sermon. That. I bet you ten bucks.
17: Do you believe that if you go ahead and allow the Holy Ghost into your heart, you can be cleansed of all your sins and sit in the kingdom of God? Amen. That's what I'm talking about. Gotta get an amen. Gotta get a hallelujah. Can I get a hallelujah and an amen? Hallelujah. Do you know if you take two ripe bananas, you put them in a bowl, and you put some sugar, and you go ahead and bake it for 400, you can go ahead and pull it out and have yourself banana bread? Hallelujah! hallelujah. hallelujah.
10: Morning! Welcome one and all on this blessed Easter Sunday. Praise be to he.
9: Praise be.
10: Now when I say Easter, a lot of images come to mind. The bunny. Easter egg hunts. Them marshmallow peeps that taste better when they're stale. <laughs> But the strongest image of all has got to be Jesus Christ nailed on the cross, dying for our sins. Now, it is natural to think of Jesus' suffering on this day. But what about the suffering of another man? Somebody you might not think of. What about the suffering of Judas? The man that betrayed Jesus, the very name is synonymous with treachery. To most, Judas is driven by evil, perhaps guided by the devil himself. But try, if you will, to imagine Judas' suffering, the agony he must have felt facing those other disciples, hearing of Christ's torture and knowing it was all because of him. He soiled that which was holy, betrayed his friends, micturated upon his good name, and for what? 30 pieces of silver. It wasn't about the money. Oh, no. A betrayal such as Judas's cuts much deeper. See, a foe can plan your destruction, but only a loved
14: one can break your heart.
12: are going to be saved! Kyle, do you believe in God? Yes! Do you want to be saved from hell? Yes! That's good, because right now, all the Jewness is coming out of your body, being replaced by the Spirit of God! Ow! Praise God! How do you feel now? Do you feel the light of God inside of you? Uh, I think so! Praise the Lord! Yeah!
17: Is it Gould, Alice? Gould?
9: He knew their
4: names?
17: Stand up, Alice!
4: As well as the afflictions they 'd come to cure
17: God is touching that thyroid condition right now God is touching your nerves right now God is touching your eyes. just lift up your hands, get ready here it comes
0: He also knew the personal details of their lives You're
17: going to hear good news from Charles before everything is over I'll tell you he's going to be completely delivered because of your prayers because of your faith here it comes complete healing it Jesus. Woo! your
12: name right now right now right now amen it's all right to praise the lord la, la, la. where are you from little boy dead bird. and god is telling me that you have bad eyesight is that it yeah that's right Ooh. well god is gonna heal those eyes and save you from the devil Be uh, yeah! he is love. Love, love, love. you want to get
17: rid of this walker sister Oh, glory. How long have you been walking on that walk? About three years. Three years? She was at 1627 10th Street. 1627 10th Street? Is that right? That's right. She has arthritis all over. Burning this arthritis right out of your body? Take a few steps just to make the devil mad. Hallelujah. That's it. Just move around a little bit. There she goes. Just walk with me. Oh, glory to God. She's not going to need that walker anymore. God's just putting new strength, new health, burning
12: that arthritis out of her body. Just keep going. Hallelujah. Bring up the next person. This boy has been crippled with sin, but I hear God saying that this boy will walk. (laughs) Hallelujah. Timmy, we are going to save you and you are going to walk with the Lord on devil be gone Now walk, Timmy Come on, Timmy, get out of that chair The Lord wants you to walk, Timmy Walk, Timmy Timmy, he walks Whoa Yes, praise the Lord Praise, praise the, the Lord, Lord. Yes, Yes! It worked, you guys! It actually worked! What worked? Everybody bought the whole act! They keep giving and giving until we have it all! What? what? You're keeping that money yourself? Of course, you guys! And then we can make... Ten million dollars!
15: If ever God was looking for man who, as we would say, square the shoulders and carry the burden, it's in this day in which we live... If ever we need to be alert that we don't get caught and trapped in false doctrine, it's the day in which we live. If ever there was a day when we should put on the whole armor of God, God in heaven, you know. I believe the world today and in areas of the church is filled with lying spirits and doctrines of devils. I sometimes say this is a day of thin theology and fat preachers. I'm sure it is. Peter said in his day that some will make merchandise of you. That couldn't be more true than the day in which we're living. We want our big love offerings. We want glamour. Paul never glamorized the gospel. It's a pretty gory gospel. It's a bloody gospel. It's a sacrificial gospel. I believe the cardinal ethic of Christianity is Sacrifice. Not success, sacrifice. And some people love God because he gives. We've got this wretched prosperity stunt. Paul's very clear, isn't he? Doesn't doesn't he say, writing to Timothy there, that you'll come a day when people think that gain is godliness? I see God's money going in stately buildings and swimming pools and tennis courts, and I want to vomit. With the world starving, with the mission field needing money? Why isn't God brooding over our stained glass windows in America this morning? Why isn't he brooding on our super multi-million dollar TV and radio programs with all the flash and show they have? The greatest areas where God is breeding this morning is amongst people that are in poverty and in need. Some of God's choices saints don't have another shirt to change. There's no breath of professionalism anywhere in the ministry of Paul, and thank God there's no breath of commercialism either. Paul is jealous for the old rugged cross, and you remember what he says. I say going down the streets in Athens, his spirit was stirred. He was angry. I wonder what it say in our day.
23: Increase your faith. Increase your seed and store up for the future so that when these tragedies hit on earth, you will be spared.
28: It is a deception to a degree that I don't think I've seen before. And you have to sit there and look at this all and wonder, surely there's justice to this story, right? Surely somebody takes the fall, surely there's a happy ending to it, surely. In September of 2019, Benny Hinn comes out with quite the astonishing announcement.
23: And I'm sorry to say that prosperity has gone a little crazy. I think it's an offense to the Lord. It's an offense to say, give a $1,000. I think it's offense to the Holy Spirit to place a price on the gospel. I'm done with it.
28: Benny Hinn had decided to leave the prosperity gospel. Hallelujah. (laughs) <laughs> right.
19: One of the best lessons that I could give to people is say,
23: watch what they go back to. Watch what they give up, and watch what they go back to. Okay, so it's time to give to the Lord's work. It's time to sow seed in the Lord's work, so God can bless you and reward you. Trust now it's time to give to the Lord's work, because giving guarantees our financial protection.
28: The problem is once you've generated the type of following and business and reputation that Hin has, changing your ways becomes almost impossible and more so because I genuinely believe that most of these prosperity preachers, they're not intentionally malicious, they've deceived themselves. Even till today I question, is this
23: God or is this just me?
28: The reality is that most of the preachers that we've mentioned in this video are continuing their operations today and when they pass there's going to be a wave of new prosperity preachers ready to take their place. The message is an easy one to spread. It promises you health, wealth and happiness. It makes you feel good and what's not to love about that? right look at the comment section below and you're probably not going to be hard pressed to find someone defending hin or copeland or the prosperity theology overall you'll probably find people claiming that they have seen miracles happen or that by sowing their seed prosperity really was given to them and i'm not delivering any new message here you know prosperity theology receives a lot of criticism inside of christianity and outside hey
7: man, you know you're a piece of shit right <laughs> you know right
28: right Yet yeah, they'll still get away with their teachings because their message isn't for people who are cynical it's really difficult to stop their more deceptive actions the only thing you can do is go to those that believe in it and steer them away and until that happens the booming business of prosperity theology and faith healing will continue to flourish
24: i don't know what you feel about the prosperity gospel the health wealth and prosperity gospel but I'll tell you what I feel about it, hatred. It is not the gospel. And it's being exported from this country to Africa and Asia, selling a bill of goods to the poorest of the poor. Believe this message, your pigs won't die, and your wife won't have miscarriages, and you have rings on your fingers and coats on your back. That's coming out of America. People that ought to be given our money and our
28: time. And our- John Piper is just one of the many preachers and ministries that actively try and combat the prosperity gospel. And although Texas is home to some of the biggest mega churches, it's also home to the Trinity Foundation, a leading watchdog ministry founded by Oli Anthony that carries out investigations into some of the conducts of the biggest televangelists.
29: It was Oli Anthony founder of the East Dallas Homeless Ministry, Trinity Foundation, who masterminded the investigation and
14: helped expose some of the top televangelists in the country.
28: You know, faith and religion are powerful things. Seeing the sense of hope that it can fill a person with, or, or the community and the purpose that it can inspire towards good causes. Now, I don't think anyone can look at those things on their own and, and say they're bad. A few months ago, I had burnt out from working. And when that happened, I felt very cynical about everything that I was doing. You know, what, what was the point? And what helped was having a sense of hope that those feelings would come to pass and finding purpose in what I was doing and spending time with my friends and family. Hope, purpose and community. But hope, purpose and community can be exploited. It can cloud your better judgment just because somebody dresses the part or sounds the part and invokes the word God. If you're somebody watching this that is a believer in the prosperity gospel, I invite you to think over and really question, could I be wrong? A Healthy skepticism, I think, only motivates someone to find the truth, not drift further away from it. Seek, and perhaps you will find.
9: This is the last interview I'll do with John Fletcher.
2: And I rebuke that cringe.